And his album wasn't a great album. I, I, you know, I'm actually, let me, hold my, let me hold my tongue and Nas. You know, I'm not going to upset the stands. Boy. Oh, we, we, no, we, we're here for that. Yeah. Oh, 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 we're here oh, for that. Oh, we good. I, I, Don't I, alert the stands. Oh, we I, can alert their class. Oh, like, oh okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Now we're seeing that with like kind of things like Afro swing that it's you can't just define a music genre by one by one word or one label anymore. Like that's totally redundant and for a lot of black yeah. music that is the case. Like yeah. like rap isn't just rap at its at its core, like particularly nineties rap, that's like what jazz soul as well. Yeah, it intertwines yeah. many so, different um, genres in it. A tribe called Quest. So exactly, like, and you know, mm-hmm. if you think about what soul music is on a metaphorical level, which is essentially music that makes you feel something, mm. all black music essentially makes you feel something, whether it's happiness, Trauma, joy, happiness. whatever. Yeah. And mm. um, basically, what this research will basically try and prove is that all black music shouldn't be categorised as world music or anything like that, and just be called soul music, black soul dance music. Mm because that's essentially what it is and it's that's a really interesting argument yeah so um, that's a that's a thesis I'm going to start working on or an idea I'm going to start building on um, after this book Um, and hopefully this book will kind of lead into that as well so we'll see but um, I can't I can't wait yeah all the reading I'm going to start doing and I actually want to read more more music books I'm reading Tony Morrison now but um Eden, I finally got back on my reading mojo. Oh, yeah. I've been reading, I've been reading Song of Solomon. I definitely recommend reading um, Quest Love's book. Yeah, my, I, just, I just ordered that my last me- night for me to listen to in 2011, 2012, because I was oh. still in uni. I was still kind of, I was still a kid. I was still on this like kind of carefree, fuck the world kind of vibe. Okay. Um, whereas now, Brockhampton don't have that same appeal to me because mm. you put them on the same plane as. Future. I don't put them on the same level or the same plane, but I put them in the same space and in terms of who who they appeal to. Wait, who's this? They're a dissenter. They are a dissenter of what future, in my opinion. They, they, yeah, they are, they are the descendants. They are the natural descendants. And for me, they don't... I don't well, like vibe with them in that way because that's not the type of rap that I want to listen to in this at this point in time. Like For me, I can understand why people like Joe Budden have such a disdain for mumble rap because at their, at their age they don't want to be listening to they're over it yeah like, they don't they don't, they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't yeah, yeah. like that's not that's not our generation though hmm? mumble rap isn't really our generation I would say I would say it's more Gen Z though it's Gen Z my cousins fuck with them on a different level than I fuck with the RE it's a Gen Z thing like if you they will be defined by mumble rap. Like so, what would you say our generation of rap is? Our generation. Your generation. Well, like Drake, 
Yeah, the peak and then like the the trough, like that kind of thing. But all of these mumble rappers, SoundCloud rappers, they're just... Yeah. Because there's a girl I work with, same same age as me, she loves... Takashi and Lil Pump and I've got a controversial opinion. But let's be real, we are on, let's be real with millennials. We're hardly even millennials. Like we're on, we're literally off the cliff. Like literally millennials end with us and then it's like yeah. Gen Z mm. kind yeah. of thing. So it's kind of like 95 is really the last and even some contest that it's 94. It's like, so yeah. it's like, you know, you're off the cliff. So some people can fuck with it. Some people I mean, techni- fuck No, technically it. It, it's anyone up until 2000. But that's, then that, different things define yeah. it as different things. That's why I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, different. Yeah, it's. But I think the the general consensus is like 1985 to 2000, at least cool. within that 15 year window. Um, yeah, because before MySpace and LimeWire, we, in terms of music discovery, all we had was, on a personal level, I had Choice FM. Mm. Mm. Uh, Choice of Kiss, Kiss 100, Pirate Radio. Um, Pirate, yeah. In fact, ra- radio was probably the most prominent way as a kid you could discover new music. Mm. Um, Should we leave this for the episode just before we say yeah, yeah, yeah. everything? Yeah. I would just say Choice of M banged. <laughs> Choice of M, My cousin's car was drive, Choice of M. Driving like. to school every morning with my mum, Choice of M. That was yeah, the j- one. Jigs, Mate, Jigs, that adverts were hilarious is, um, too. Show, like, Jenny Francis drive, driving home like the the evening shows between like four till seven were lit and then you had Max and someone else in the mornings um, Jenny Francis mm. as well in the evenings Ras mm. um, yeah um, yeah so many great kind of DJs who and I think when people talk about oh like the scene not being around and not having a presence is like kind of false like there's always been a presence it's just if you've been willing to pay attention to it it was under the well, yeah. not even under the radar like that but you yeah. just had to look a bit harder mm. without the internet yeah, obviously yeah. and all that I mean I guess we'll go into this in yes. detail yeah <laughs> Sorry, we're just <laughs> going to have the podcast yeah, about yeah, even yeah, yeah, I wanted, but I had um, I wanted, wanted to go deeper on that because yeah it is I guess something to do with I guess numbers in terms of how many black people there are in this country. Yeah. And well, evidently yeah. Jesse will have to make a second appearance on the show. As yeah. <laughs> when the book yeah. comes you know, when out, the book comes you know, out, yeah, all yeah. of that. He's gonna have to return. For Definitely permanent fourth member. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, maybe he's too maybe busy for guest, that. Maybe a guest. Maybe guest for recurring care. Recur- yeah, recurring, yeah, recurring guest. Anyway, yeah. let's let's do it. Let's start. Eden, okay, whenever you're ready. Yeah, go on. Cool. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Don't Alert the Stands. You are here today with your hosts, Eads McKenzie and... Nick. And Shopper. And we have a special guest today by the name of... So we've got Jesse Bernard in the building. Um, been a fan of his work for years what's going on everyone yeah (laughs) so is everyone so he's a great great writer journalist um planning a book 
and he joined me on the grapevine last year as well um he is an editor for trench i believe at this point in time yeah, yeah. Contribu- contributing yeah. editor yeah. and um has got a lot more in the works for your head tops this year so stay tuned now let's see what else he's written for you know <laughs> Well, Trench, DJ Booth, Vibe. Brick. Um, brick, yeah. Do you want to say some more? Noisy. The f- Basically every fact, you know, Crack. everywhere. I can't even remember because it's, it's such a long list right now. Basically, but. Jesse has been out in editorial streets. <laughs> for years. For, a while. for years. Before it was a clout chasing thing as well. Wow. So let's do that. <laughs> no, I've, I've been reading Jesse's work since I was in uni. Five years now? Mm. Since I started, like, just after I started Lost Culture, I think. Yeah, that's when I uh, started to see your stuff. Five so, years. honestly. <laughs> five years ago was when? What? 2014. 2014. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, I yeah. thought you were about to catch him out in a lie. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I was trying to remember when I got my first um, commission, um, well, my first pay commission. Yeah. Um, and I've met him before, so he knows him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shop ain't been known him. Shop ain't been known him. So it's, um, I think, yeah, 2014 was when I got my first paid commission, but I was obviously blogging before then mm. um, for quite a while. Um, and then, yeah, it's been a long old journey. It's been a slog, actually. But, but yes. you're here, you're out here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it at the moment. I'm enjoying kind of where I am. Um, mm. And it's a good place to be. And it's just, it's funny because like we had Jesse down from episode one as someone we wanted on the show. And it was like, we were all kind of like, should we approach, should we not? But so easy going with getting this set up. And yeah, it's a testament to just how collaboration and stuff is so important in in, the, in this industry, in this space. And yeah, I just can't wait to the discussion that we get to mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. So Jesse Bernard, if you guys want to check out his work, he will be in the description. Do you want to shout out socials or? Yeah, uh, yeah so um, just Marvin's Corridor on Twitter and Instagram. And then my website, which is just jessebernard.com, which where you can, where you can just find my work basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. We're going to get into a discussion later. So don't worry, all the tidbits are to be continued. Yep. It's going to be a good one. Okay, so we're all going to discuss <laughs> what we've been listening to this last week. So I have um, four releases from three artists. So I'm going to start off with um, Denzel himself. I've been listening to um, two of his EPs the last week. And um, he's someone that's been on my radar for quite a while now. I was obsessed with his colours um, last year. He did a song called Melty. And there's another song called um, Chevy Bounce, which is really dope. But I never really took the time to really check out his other work. But this last week, I really delved into his catalogue. And I really, 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 really like him. Like, he's probably one of the, in my opinion, one of the most interesting MCs we have in the country right now. And I just really like how he's really, like, pushing forward um, a different branch of what UK hip-hop can sound like. It's hip-hop, but, like, there's elements of, like, punk, rock, electronica. But then, like, a lot of his stuff is, like, really smooth laid back, Dilla-esque, and like his flow, his delivery is like very eccentric and chaotic and dark, kind of sinister. And um, yeah, he does an all round creative. And I only just realized this recently that he calls himself Denzel himself because he does everything himself. So like he writes all his songs, produces, directs all his videos, styles himself. He's very much a self um, contained artist. So That's yeah. pressure in a way. That music yeah. can never ever get a song written for him or anything. Like it always has to be him. 
Well, that's the thing. He said he didn't. I read an interview he did with the Quiet Suit. He said he doesn't like collaboration. Well, at all. <laughs> he doesn't like collaboration. See, that's. that's that might be a bit problematic because yeah. the issue that J. Cole has at the moment is mm. he doesn't like sharing his work mm. and you, you can kind of see as he progresses as an artist he's doing more collaborations because people are asking for diversification that is, yeah. that but is, you don't know why that was because like he may do it because he genuinely feels like it's time like to, to kind of do that at this and there's more pressure on him because he's a bigger star are we talking about Cole or are we talking about Denzel Cole, I'm talking about Cole. oh Cole I would okay. say more, there's more pressure on Cole to do that because he's a bigger star you have to kind of share yourself whereas he could have still sold though like I feel like J. Cole's at a career where he'll still get that core fan base regardless of what he does so but I think when you're an independent artist you DIY it's kind of like it's kind of like a badge of honour that you do everything yourself oh yeah 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 okay I I think it goes all the way back to when he signed with Rock Nation J. Cole Uh, yeah. yeah I think that was a big mistake in a way um I mean it sold he sold with like Cole World did well um but in terms of where it sits in his whole discography and as a debut album it's fairly weak yeah. on a, a thematic mm-hmm. level Facts. and on a sonical level I mean mm-hmm. there's some hits like the song with Missy Elliott is probably the best song on there to yes. be honest Sideline um, Story is a banger though but, um, yeah yeah that Sideline Story is good but I think that decision where he was collaborating with a lot of other people because there's a label decision yeah. then pushed him down the path which he's now on where he's just doing everything himself and he's always been that way in the mixtape days recluse yeah and sometimes that works for a lot of artists but in rap I think he was trying to do he was trying to do the mixtape era thing in something in in an era which is no longer a mixtape era where he has to like collaborate with a lot of other artists like in order to stay relevant because his fan base are getting older and they want new things they want new they want new styles they want new kind of topics of discussion he's saying the same things that he's been saying since Cold World really but and he's kind of changed it changed the tone of it a little bit to fit with where he's at in life I think oh that's interesting Mm. I could be wrong though like I'm not a I used to be a big J. Cole fan, but then yeah, as the years... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, in a yeah. room of J. Cole stands Yeah, right yeah, now, so. yeah, no, I, I was... Um, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> like, like, he's going to get jumped. Yeah, the, 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 like, <laughs> the warm-up... The warm-up warm warm was great. Um, Friday Night Lights and then the Truly Yours series. And yes. then uh, Any Given yeah, Sunday... Yeah, any Loves Given that. Sunday EPs that he was dropping um, were fantastic as well. But everything after that was just became very samey for me well even 2014 even 20, 2014 was good but when you l- listen back to that some of the stuff you were saying is just like this hasn't aged well at all um, what do you mean by that the content the themes what he was talking about his mu- what he says doesn't age well okay um, and and that's the thing like if you're gonna if you're gonna be placed in that kind of category of artists yeah is what you're saying aging well yeah fair enough the beats may age well and mm. and the songs themselves may age well but what you're saying doesn't age well like I can listen to stuff from the 90s and that stuff still sounds fresh and still sounds mm. exciting and relevant I, I, get, yeah. I, I get what you mean but I think the issue that J. Cole kind of runs into is people for example when he may come through yeah. chill people complaining because obviously he came in and started rapping about like yeah, oppression yeah. and stuff yeah. like that on a song about love mm. Can I just say this? I have to say this, I'm sorry, but I need to get this off my chest. 
Miguel's come through and chill was fine without J. Cole. I you say this yeah, every yeah. week. Because like, informally, <laughs> <laughs> like, literally like, once a week. Like, it, it, say it needs to be said, like, <laughs> I have heard this When he dropped week. it on SoundCloud initially, like, a year before he can drop the album, I was like, this is perfect. You this said is, this last week, mm. Shocker. No, it needs to be said. <laughs> literally, no, 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 I hear this all the time as a friend of Shocker. So when I heard the album and I see feature J. Cole, I'm like, <laughs> and the thing is power trip still back. I'm not joking anyway go and on. I heard the verse yeah. and I'm like but, and that's come to do but that's the thing their, their collaborations go all the way back to 2010 where they worked on um, All I Want Is You yes um, yeah. and then obviously then power trip yeah and then do you have another song right I feel they've got a f- I think there's one more they, 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 have, they do yeah, have another do song have which duo, may be a yeah. remix or something but I was exp- like with all the music that um, Miguel's put out in the past two, well, at least three years since Wild Heart. Mm. There are so many other songs that he could have worked on with J Cole mm. and Plethora Come Through and Chill as a remix just mm. wasn't the one. Like he could have done something like um, the one with um, that Rick Ross was on. I can't remember what song that is. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, remember yeah, yeah. I remember it. I remember. Um, it. I don't know the name, but I remember it. I, remember I can't even remember the name of the song. Pineapple um, Skies. It's not Pineapple Skies, is it? I think it is might Pineapple be Pineapple Skies. Skies. Yeah. yeah, it's on yeah, his yeah. recent album, um, though, More and Leisure. But yeah. no criminal. Um, oh yeah, criminal. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to hear Jake on that person. Neither do I. Personally. <laughs> I don't want to hear. But it also it just shows how how both artists have developed in True. a way. Like Miguel and J Cole just don't work anymore now now yeah. like they could have done maybe five years ago six years ago but there was a moment where there was a sweet yeah. spot between them yeah two, but like. now J. Cole's saying the same stuff they were saying five years ago so now it's no longer relevant mm. on a Miguel song um, so and that's what I mean like J. Cole has been very stagnant and he hasn't really moved moved a lot and that's mm. it's the same with Nicki as well like Nicki's the same and oh we, we know this and, 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 and we dare, know this I, dare I say it Drake Oh, we can, Drake, we will redo it. Yeah, Drake, that. like, Drake. We've been know the yeah. formula's yeah. been the same. We've been know there was a summer that. where he yeah, found yeah. his formula and then it just, it just like, went if on and you're, on and If on. you're reading this, it's too late. That was the beginning of the end. Was the beginning of the end. Awful, that, awful. project. No, I mean, it had in some, my, it had some, it had some bangers, but it wasn't a great project. And I think it did capture the moment. Um, pretty well what a time to be alive was no that was awful that was that was yeah yeah. but but guys that was a future back to Denzel himself (laughs) back to Denzel himself this is how good the conversation is guys we're just gonna go off but yeah so Denzel himself wait can I just say if you're reading this is not a bad album it is anyway um, back to Denzel himself so basically I'm just gonna round off this and say he's um, amazing (laughs) so both projects are called one project is called Baphomet James and mm. the other one is called Be There and my favourite songs from those are Navy Getting Rich Melty and Higher so check that out that's my first one secondly we are going to a legend because I respect legends unlike Eden um, so we have Shaka Khan's Hello, I told Happy you about it so why are you getting excited what do you mean you told me about it you don't think I, need, I didn't know the album was coming out I put it in the group chat, Shaka, yeah. Khan, Shaka Khan has released a new yeah, album. Yeah, I knew it was coming. The singles have been out for months. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure I alerted everyone in the group chat about that album. Yeah, maybe Alex and some of our other friends. Nick. Uh, Nick you, Paul, you put it in the chat. You put it in the yeah, chat, it but... Doesn't, it doesn't mean I didn't know. Okay. I follow her on Twitter. Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> All right. so she dropped um, her first album in 12 years, Hello Happiness. And um, what, was this, what does it sound like? I need, I need to know. 
I need to. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, bad man. And I want to preface this. Wow, this silence is rude. Woo! I want to preface this. I feel like over the last five months you've been doing the show, I kind of have the reputation of being the uncle on the show. I like a lot of my old school stuff and I'm a massive Shaka Khan fan. Shout out to Rufus. Shout state out to Johnny Gill. the opinion. Yep. State the opinion. I'm but ready. this album... It just leaves quite a lot to be desired. It's quite half-baked. <laughs> I like the title track. And I think <laughs> I think the main issue with the album is that it's only seven songs. It's 27 minutes in total running time. So it's an EP? Is it an EP? It's an album, according to her. The title track is actually really good. No, no, no and as I'm saying, there definitely are some songs that I really do like, but I just feel like overall, it just kind of really fails to capture the essence of what makes her great. I know even her old stuff because her last album, Funk This, was an amazing album that came on to 2007. That was an incredible album. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced, I think, most of that album. Now, I love that album. That's a really good album. But I just feel like <laughs> they tried to marry like the disco and funk elements of like her early solo work and the stuff with Rufus and kind of pair it with like this new dance sound and in some places it does work but in other places it just kind of feels like it was just like a good sketch of an idea that wasn't fully executed properly like so I can't remember what song it is I think I wrote it down there's a song in there called um where is it don't you know and it's just an instrumental but it just kind of sounds like it goes nowhere but yeah, it's that being said, vocally she's in, 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 in what's what I'm looking for? Incredible condition. Like her voice sounds amazing. Um, at 60 plus years old, she sounds amazing. But I just felt like this album could have been a lot better, especially because she's working with Switch. She's an amazing producer. But I just kind of, and I think the main issue is that I just feel like maybe if it was about 12 songs, I would have been able to look over some of the, um, unremarkable moments but that being said I'll say my favourite songs so my favourite songs are Hello Happiness Like a Lady and Isn't That Enough and now we're going last this is now true Uncle Chopper form is here now we're going back to 1978 we've got Natalie Cole's live album called Natalie Live and um, this is this isn't a new listen for me I've been a I've loved this album for many, 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 many years, but I don't know why it just came up. I have I had to rinse it this last week. And I just want to say that I think it's really unfair that we just remember her. For those who do know who she is, we remember her as either Nat King Cole's daughter or was well, just Nat King Cole's daughter or as someone who just sang jazz and pop standards later on in her career. But people don't really acknowledge the fact that towards the latter day, latter years of the 70s, she was one of the top female artists in R&B. Like, she was a massive deal back in the day in that scene with Aretha and Shaka Khan and Gladys Knight and so on and so forth. And this album, this live album, is just like two hours of good soul, rock and roll and funk. Like, the conviction she's singing with is incredible. The confidence, the arrangements, the way she really just took all her hits and did some covers. She just really laid it down. And I really wish that, even though it's great that we have it, you know, to listen to, I wish there was the video footage. I'd have loved to see this concert that was recorded for this album. And um, yeah, she was just, Natalie Cole was just incredible, 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 incredible. So my favorite songs from that, 
Actually, I would just say this is probably one of the best live albums that I feel exists. I listen to a lot of live albums, but Natalie Cole's live is definitely, definitely up there. And my favorite songs from that are I Can't Say No, Be Thankful, I've Got Love in My Mind, and Mr. Melody. So those are my three people, Denzel himself, Shaka Khan, and Natalie Cole. Eden, it is your turn. You're putting on um, presenter voice towards the end, man. I felt like I was listening to like Choice FM or something like that. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> like legit. <laughs> um, I think for me, music has been in a bit of a weird space this week. So I went on an away day with work and it was mainly like men over like, I'd say over 40s that I went with. Mad. And um, they are like massive punk rock fans and stuff like that. And I was trying to talk to them about the music that we listen to nowadays versus the music they listen to and stuff like that. You were and brave. I mean, like, I like conversations like that because they have this opinion that we listen to trash. Like, for example, they they see like Lil Yachty and stuff like that. I'm not saying he's trash. But... Who? Well, he Wait, is. what? Who are you talking about? Have this opinion? Oh, so I went on a work away day with some like work colleagues, and I'm talking about. Oh, okay, cool. So cool. basically, um, they think we listen to anything that's new. We don't really have like pockets of music that we listen to. They just listen to the stuff on like pop radio and stuff. So I was just introducing them to some artists that I'd recently found out about or that I was enjoying. Um, so throughout this entire week, I've been listening to these artists um, and I suggested one in particular because it was more instrumental um, and they kind of liked electronic music. So that was um, Toro Imoy. So I really, really enjoyed his latest project. He list- it's called Outer Peace. And um, I've never actually listened to any music from him before. I've just, I know who he is. I've seen him about... Um, he dresses really well, but like his music, I've just never taken a listen to for any reason in particular. So I just decided to sit down and to begin with, it wasn't really for me um, because I think I was listening to it with the wrong ear. Um, I was kind of looking for something completely different um, because of the labels we attach to certain artists because maybe they're black or you expect a certain type of sound from a certain type of artist. Then he said his main inspiration for the album was um, Daft Punk. And that's, it's, it's, it's annoying that that's finally when I got the album because I realized the type of sound that he was going for, like Digital Love and um, well, like One More Time and all of those like famous staff punks, like Aerodynamic and songs like that. Um, so this album in particular was one of my favorites to be released recently. I listened to it in speakers and in the car and I was like, okay, cool. I get the sound that he's trying to do now, the instruments and everything. Um, the songs I would suggest on it is Newhouse is my favorite. I don't know why, but I just love that song. I love the beat. I love his voice kind of in the background. Um, I love Monte Carlo. That features an artist called Wet and um, Miss Me. So all of the ones that kind of had a feature were my favorite on this. Um, but overall, it's an amazing project. I love it so much. So what genres would you label him? Because I know you've mentioned him quite a few it's, times outside of the show. Yeah, it's electronic. Okay, cool. So I would say it's electronic... Uh, yeah, electronic. I'd say electronic for now. Um, anyone else can apply their kind of label to it afterwards, but I would say it's mo- it's mostly beat focused. So his music, his, a lot of instrumentals. His voice is on it, but it's not the focus. Okay. So the beat takes up around I would say eighty percent of the song, and then twenty percent will actually be vocals. Um, so he's a producer and artist at the same time. I just really enjoyed it. The second person was a suggestion from my brother again. So I think we have to have a section called Aaron's Suggestions because literally he sends me songs like I like this. Although I didn't like Kilani's. We'll talk about that another day. What? We'll talk about that another day. You didn't like our project? I liked it. I I liked some of it. I liked some of it. I I love Kilani, but I just 
I wasn't in the mood for it. So maybe that's why. Oh, but okay, he's given it a few more lessons. Yeah, I've listened to it th- probably twice. Twice or three times. Nah, I'm definitely talking about her next week. She did well. Okay. Um, so this artist, I think it's a duo called Mulherin. I don't know if you guys have heard. It's two white guys. Um, and the album's called Human Nature. And it's a lot of um, alt R&B, um, falsetto tones throughout the entire album. And it's really, really good. It's got like a kind of, if I'm remembering it co- correctly, it's like a jazzy type feel to it. Um, it's really good. I have a feeling you won't like it. I'm not even gonna lie. You said jazzy, not off, anyway, off the bat. I'm just gonna say I just I'd feel like you're gonna be like Eden. Like I'm gonna get a message later on. <laughs> Is this the group that you're bringing to the podcast? <laughs> That's a message I'm gonna get. But I love their music. It's very chill. Um, I was listening to it. Do you know like I don't know if you do this, but when you're doing something and you're listening to music and it's in the background, but you're you're still enjoying it, but your focus isn't the music. Do you, I don't know if you get what I mean. It's just mm-hmm. background music. You're not really focused on it. That's the type of thing. It's not interrupting what you're doing, but it's putting you in a kind of like a somber mood. That's the type of album that it is. Um, and then lastly, um, Danny Lay, um, The Plan. So she has a song that's gone big recently. Um, little Baby. Little Baby. Is that how you say it? I don't even know, whatever. But it, I, I think it's called Little Baby, but she's a great dancer, great singer, and I think she's going to be huge in like the next few months to come. She's already doing quite well in America. That song's on all the adverts. Yep. Um, I see on a lot of YouTube adverts as well. It's kind of like a dance song, so look, quite a few people like it as well. The industry push is there right now. Yeah. Is she on the same label as Trey Songs? Because I saw Trey Songs in her video and like a few cameos. From I people. don't even. Um, I can Who's get. Trey I can get what to? label? Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like she might be signed to Atlantic or something. But those three Def albums. Jam. Def Jam. Oh, so they're not. Okay. Yeah. So it might just be a cameo thing. But yeah, great album. Really, really good. Just want to throw one in there because it's still early to say whether it's good or not, and I don't like the way he throws all of his songs into one album but Eric Bellinger he released a new project recently Shopee oh, I'm telling you you would like this Chris one Chris Brown on the, like one of the songs or something yeah the second one The Rebirth 2 mm. I'll talk about that next week self-proclaimed king of R&B he's a very messy artist in my opinion you but... need to respect Eric Bellinger no but I won't... he needs to respect himself he called himself the king of R&B <laughs> but so who didn't during the whole Jaquise thing no no this is before the Jaquise thing oh. this is about two years ago he said I'm the king of R&B well when I think about Eric the, Bellinger well when I think about Eric the, Bellinger wait wait when I think about all the people Eric Bellinger all the people he's written for when we think about okay. that like okay. I get where he's coming no, from he, no <laughs> but if you can't get your own music and direction thank, thank, together thank you, then I, like you. every project that comes with him it's just like what are you trying to do here and like, some, people, to do some people are just great songwriters throw away the song are we Chris thinking, are we thinking about this just in vocals because if the dream came out and said he was the king of R&B hot take hot take hot take, hot take Marvin Gaye being the king of R&B that's yeah, a, that's I, but I that's a debate that. like we can't but, yeah. that's, that's an argument you can throw him oh live oh you mean live Alive. I mean, no. I mean, we say Someone Michael Jackson. Is, people nah. say Michael Jackson's the king of pop. Um, people say. I mean, they do. Yeah. Some people, some certain demos say that um, Elvis Presley is the king of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, my king is Tina Turner. Yeah. My, my, I mean, my king is probably Chuck Little Berry, Richard Chuck or Berry, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Or, um, Chuck Berry. Dashing. Howlin' Wolf. Dashing. But. Sorry, yeah, and when you look, when you think about R&B and think about where it came from in the 60s and 70s, like Marvin Gaye was selling out consistently. If you think about the albums that he put out and mm-hmm. what he did for Motown, like yeah. he was the king of R&B. Like all of these 
people that we talk about in the 90s wouldn't be here without people like Marvin Gaye. The influence. It's the influence. Sam Cooke, Al Green. And we all talk about the 90s being this great kind of era, which it was, but it was a great era for pop, R&B pop. That's the thing. It was a great era for R&B pop and it didn't necessarily mean that all of it was top-notch quality. Like, at Mm. the end of the day, a lot of these artists weren't even charting that well. Um, And we look back at them with a certain nostalgia because a lot of the R&B since the mid-2000s hasn't been great. Yeah, lackluster. Like, very lackluster from a pop sense compared to what we used to have. Um, So a lot of these people are just calling themselves king of R&B because of a certain time, not because their music was actually worthy of being called that. Like, mm. But Eric Benjamin yeah. is mad mm. though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree, I just, I agree, you can't, yeah. we can't yeah. even really put him in a discussion. No, no, Cal, we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. I, I, saw, saw I think we all know who the king of R&B would have been. Like, we all know who mm. he is, but we're not going to say it. Behind yet. bars yeah. right now. <laughs> Behind bars. <laughs> so that's, that's that. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of Marvin Gaye, he um he will be releasing a new album next yeah, month. Yeah, I don't like when labels do stuff like that. It really annoys me. Yeah, I mean that... this particular album I'm excited for yeah. because this was the um the the, the follow up to What's Going On. He shelved it. That's my favorite Marvin Gaye mm. song personally. So he had a run of really albums. good songs. So he had a run of albums. What's going on? Um, Trouble Man, and then Let's Get It On. And don't I forget think... the best one. I want you. I want you. Uh, That's yeah, his best yeah, album. Yeah. I mean, you don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, no, I, I actually fuck with. I want you. I, I want actually, you. I, I want I, you. Is my. Favorite I love it because of it. Album. Because of its dance. Because if it's very dance orientated, I lo- and I love that about. I want you. Um, but my favorite is just Trouble Man. That's because I, lo- I love his production too. on that, and I love his work as a composer and as a writer, and rather as, rather than just being a kind of a vocalist, I think he really showed his range as a as an artist on that album. Mm, um, agreed. So yeah, interesting agreed. to see what, where the new album kind of sits within His that kind of timeline. Yeah. I don't even know how we ended. I think we'll talk about Eric Bellinger, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Should we go on to Nick? Um, you finish? Yeah, yeah, I'm done, man. I'm just me. Finish That's your me. praise of Eric. Anyway, um, this week, this week, this week. So, um, as you know, I'm kind of the new guy. Um, so, yeah there's kind of a few new suggestions that i've been listening to this week um as you know i have this obsession with canada i really do um so the two artists that i'm going to give for you today come from there first one i've spoken about her before in this show um ebony an r&b artist that is on the rise over there red bull got the attention of those got the attention of loads of publications there was in rihanna's fenty savage campaign as a model as well um yeah she's definitely on the rise in loads of different ways but she released a new song called um TGM, which is in the stint of that um, whole Caribbean sound, dancehall kind of influence. Um, and I really think it's a song, weirdly enough, this week has been quite spring orientated in terms of the weather here. Blame global warming. But um, this song complements that quite well. Like it's just a nice summer vibe and it kind of is authentic to the Toronto sound and how certain facets of the R&B and hip hop arena take from the Caribbeans that were influenced from there, from the likes of the 70s and all of that and where the music came together and um, yeah, created that kind of sound wave that still exists to this day. So it's a single, she is um, gearing up to release a new project. Um, She 
like just signed to a new label so it's an independent but still signed to a new label and yeah i think she's got a campaign as i said before with red bull um they're trying to give her a push an industry push there so it's really interesting to see where she's going to take it because she took her last ep off of all um socials uh and streaming platforms which is really annoying but yeah i'm just intrigued to see what the label's going to deliver for her sonically this time the next artist is from London, Ontario, um, and he's called Black Atlas, um, and he signs to the Weekend's EXO recordings. Um, he is uh, nominated for um, one of the Canadian Music Awards this year for R&B, uh, and he's really new, like I think he's 18 years old. Um, so it's really interesting to see how much love he's getting in Toronto right now and the wider Canadian region. Um, and American region even there's some publications that have um, I think uh, forgot which platform but it was one I think it was like something either Vibe or um, Noisy or something one of those two wrote about him last year um, Pain and Pleasure is the project R&B driven but alternative R&B so it clashes a lot with electronic um, and there's a bit of funk influence in there uh, I think he sounds a lot like The Weeknd, who is obviously the label owner of XO um, in terms of his falsetto and in terms of how he approaches songs. But um, he still has that distinction in terms of sounding unique and organic as an artist. And I think the singer Banks would work really well with him. She kind of does R&B electronic music as well, that kind of meeting point in the middle. Um, so those are my two suggestions for this week. And yeah, if you're interested, give him a play. Oh, you have a third one? No. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-mm. Listen to too much this week to kind of condense it. So, we have to ask our guests now. Uh, okay. <laughs> what um, have you been listening to for the last is, When was the last Banks album? Or the last Banks project? Was it a red one? Oh, yeah. 2017? No, it was earlier than that. No. Do you think? Because no, 2000, the, the red one was her debut album. Yeah, she, no, she released... Um, and then she, oh, sorry, two thousand. 15, no? She released a song in 2017 called um, Underdog, but yeah, the last project was 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't really listened to that. The Red One came out in 2015. Yeah. Oh, 2015, yeah. Yeah, I love the altar yeah. though. No, like, 2014. Really Goddess, yeah, yeah, 2014. Yeah. Bro, time goes fuck. Anyway, sorry. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that time period of music was actually pretty cool. That electronic wave that came out. Mm. Um, you said when Chris Brown jumped in it, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we, we ain't including yeah. him in that. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of what I've been listening to this week, um, I'll probably start with Children of Zeus. I've been listening to them religiously probably for the past, well, actually since they kind of debuted, um, but even more so since they dropped their album Travel Light in two thousand and. 18? 18? Yeah, last year. Last year, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Out of the two, so the album and the um, EP, which one do you prefer? Um, I actually prefer the EP. Okay. No, 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 the album. The no, album. No, the album. You. no you, were, you were right the first time. No, 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 no. You. you know what? <laughs> uh, no, it's the, the album. album is better. The, al- <laughs> the thing for me is the vocals. Um, it's um, Tyler's vocals on, on the album, I think. The EP is solid and it's really solid, but it's, it sounds like an EP. Okay. Because mm-hmm. of the because of the way the um songs have been sequenced. Um whereas Travel Light actually sounds like a well put together sequenced album, um and not just a collection of collection of songs. Um and obviously that's intentional, <laughs> but um there's songs like Three Sixty, um uh Heartbeat and Heartbeat's probably my favourite at the moment because of the reggae vibe that's on there. Oh, um okay. 
and because I'm doing a lot of kind of research on black British music at the moment I'm listening to predominantly black British music yeah. um, so a lot of soul music a lot of like kind of rap um, and a lot of funk as well and I think Children of Zeus are really kind of they really kind of encapsulate what is great about soul music here in the UK and how it kind of aligns with um, UK rap hip hop and um, R&B as well like this this is Neo Soul yeah. mm. essentially that, that's what they are they're just Neo Soul um, and I think journalists and media have, have, have had a hard time trying to categorise their music mm-hmm. because they they think that they're this new exciting group but individually they've both been around for time like 20 years each mm. um, so 40 years really? In, like together yeah collectively yeah, 40 um, years of experience yeah Connie was part of Broken English um, and um, Tyler was part of another group as well I can't remember which group but um, wait how old are they? They're like pushing forty. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're mid mid to late really? mid to late thirties. Yeah. yeah, they've been around. They've been around for years. That's uh, that. Yeah, like in they're Manchester. kind of yeah in Manchester. The so Manchester like yeah, because um, that's not documented now. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Yeah, so um, and then KSR is on the so, the second song, All on You, and he's another artist coming from Manchester who's um rising at the moment. Um, he's definitely worth checking out. I'm just yeah, waiting for dope. a body of work from him. Um. Then there's, um, it came out a few weeks ago, but Swindle's No More Normal. Um, Saw it. That's a really solid, that's a really solid um, so, um, album, actually. I think kind of the way he put that together um, and the kind of combination of artists that he's working with. He's working with people like Nux, people like Etta Bond. Nux needs um, to be here. Koji like, Radical. Oh. And then... Did you hear Nux's new yeah. song? No. And then you've got Is old it? school heads like um, Getz and DWE mm. and P Money as well on there and Andrea Shong. So there's this real nice combination of artists like Sounds past and present. Um, and then so, and it just kind of encapsulates again what's great about music coming out of the UK and like mm. kind of how it's all kind of overlapping like and cross pollinating. There isn't just one single genre defined in these sounds mm. anymore. Um, you know those old school artists you're talking about? Yeah. So Gigs, for example, yeah. and. Um, Gets. Are there any of them that you'd you've probably met them before? But are there any that kind of like starstruck you in any way? Because I feel um, like if I met Kano, for example, he has um, such an energy that's like you would be starstruck. Not yeah. necessarily starstruck, but he has such an energy that's like this is a celebrity. I don't know if yeah, yeah. if no, you guys I've, get what I mean. I've never really been starstruck, um, but nah, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I haven't met Kano, but if I did, then I probably would like kind of tell him like what his music meant to me growing up mm. Um, mm. like I think his music was like yeah really got me through teenage years um, and I'm waiting for this new project um, and this new body of work that he's working on mm. um, and yeah I think he's like kind of probably my personal top five British MCs mm. um, strong case yeah strong I mean case. I mean, it's a very strong, and there's a strong case for it, but then there's a strong case against because of the history of like kind of UK rap and then yeah. UK hip hop yeah. as well. There's so much of it, and there's so many great MCs. But yeah. in terms of a grime MC, which I, mean, I don't think he's been a grime MC for for a long time, not since kind of London Town, really. Mm. Um, Throwback. Well, at least the mixtape mixtape days. He hasn't really been a grime MC since then. Um, but yeah, as a UK rapper, he's just as prolific. Um, mm. The other person I've been listening to um, actually is uh, DJ Quick. Um, 
Mm. So an old school kind of LA LA head. Um, I I just love kind of G funk. Um, I love listening to kind of old school funk, and I think DJ Quick was one of the first like kind of G funk artists to really have like the funk element lead lead the um, lead the production rather than kind of the kind of um, the standard like West Coast synths that you, you that you hear on a West mm. Coast track mm. um, and like, obviously the 808s but it's actually the funk the funk element that leads leads his music and obviously his um, his vocals and yeah songs like just like Compton and got that feeling and just still to me like some of the fav- my, some of my favorite rap songs of all time. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I haven't really been listening to a lot of new stuff. New stuff. I listened to gigs, gigs in your album yesterday. For what did you think time. of that? Because I played it as well. Yeah, I liked it. I liked, I liked the individual songs. Um, I think it's a little bit too long. Eighteen. He doesn't need to be putting out eighteen. When I saw the how many songs, yeah. I was like, it's twenty twenty nineteen. Yeah, like, man, like we need to stop that. See, but it's weird though. But like in the late two thousand, sorry, late nineties, early two thousands, that was normal. It's the overconsumption. I yeah. w- and I was going to make the point after. I just think that there, there's been a transition in how like albums, mainstream albums, mm. they the amount that they have on them, the track list, and just the amount of music that is released on a general level. I just feel like overwhelmed when I see so much, and that that might be rightly or wrongly. You yeah. know, maybe a wrong. We may, to be honest, I've been questioning this the last couple of weeks. General media, how much we consume is that right for the human body? Like to actually consume it's, that much amount way too, of way too music, much. like and general media articles. Like this year, we're, we're not even in March. Like it has been a crazy amount that has happened in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Like just under eight weeks, it's been crazy and. I'm getting to that stage of overwhelmed again. Like to yeah. be honest, I am, and I, it's, it's about making the decisions. It is yeah. about making the decisions. But also, just I to think like, um, stop. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry go on. Yeah, I just think um, album cycles are getting a lot shorter as well. So back in the day, Ooh, when you could have a 18, 21 track album, which is very, which was normal um, when at least the CD format came along. Because, yeah, because it was catered to having like 57, 58 minutes. Yeah, um, playable time, um, but. The reason why that worked was because an album cycle was three to five years. Yeah. Back then. Now it's one to one to two years. You're lucky if you. If you're, if you're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if, you, if you're lucky. If you, and that's if you're being lucky for a lot of artists. So if you're having, I don't need to be hearing eighteen songs from gigs on this album when I'm going to be hearing ten new songs in a year's time. Mm. Just give me. Just give me the best of what you've the been best. working working on this past year. Just the absolute best. And then save the offcuts for some later projects mm. later down the line. Mm. If but, you want to meet, but that's its downsides though. Because so, for example, with, with Shaka Khan's album, there's only seven songs. I feel like, I feel like, creatively, the zone she was in, I could see what she was going for. But mm. I feel like maybe if it was at least maybe twelve songs, I would appreciate it more. Seeing the direction she was in, I just feel like who was she caring for there? Would have been catering. In the album, like, what demographic was she aiming for? I think it's very much for her, her family, people of her generation, but it's definitely updated. Like, it's not her trying to sound young. Mm. Like I said, it marries mm. her classic sound, the classic elements of what... She's always kind of been a, a, gen, a genre-bending artist anyway, but mm. it's definitely kind of like that old-school 70s sound, but it's very much kind of like um early house music, early dance music, but for 2019. Mm. That's what it kind of fa- sounds like. Which is obviously she's done stuff like that before, mm. but I just kind of feel like a lot of the songs were half 
baked and weren't really well executed. Mm-hmm. But I, for the songs that were good, the moments that were good, Sorry, I'm just, no. the songs that oh. were good, I was like, I would like to hear some of the songs that did make the album. Because I can see the direction she was going, you know, just for like seven songs. Because I feel like if you're going to release seven songs, you have to be, you have to know it's going to bang. Yeah. Wait, and, what the fuck? Like Google's definitely listening to... Oh, you got our conversation. He got an advert for Shaka Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, man, that, they do that. I've fuck been getting... technology, man. And as we saw with Kanye's last year, sometimes you need to release more than seven tracks. The only one that banged really was Pusha T. And and Tayana Taylor's. Tayana had some gems in there. Like, although together, I was like, we need more, like, for your sophomore. But there was some quality in there, but I just think the whole release was... Oh, no, that was a sampling. Tayana was really kind of kicked to the She got to go. She got to go. And still now, even with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch this pussy video. Just delay, you know. She's been absolutely done dirty. And the fact that... I mean, this this project isn't doesn't sound like an album. It sounds it's like not an mix, album. It sounds like a mixtape or yeah. an EP, yeah. an EP at best. Um, yeah, and I think and it still sounds fresh, even though some of the songs are a little bit dated. You can tell that some of these songs are a little bit old mm. and a few mm. years old. Mm. Um, mm. And Definitely, it seemed like this was an afterthought for the label, which was what, a, what was an afterthought. Um, like Tiana Taylor's album. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Like yeah. even yeah. even in my opinion, I feel like personally she was working on the album, the proper yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last minute, Kanye's like Godzilla moment, Walt Disney moment. This. We're doing this. Yeah. Get this seven songs. Scrap some shit together from what you've That's been working on, happened, and we'll yeah. write it, and we're just releasing exactly. it, Tiana. That's what we're doing. Because there were some That's songs it. that she was um, previewing on Instagram. I'm like, where's that song? Mm. What happened to that song? Mm-hmm. What's that track? And she wanted it to be ten tracks long she fought for that but they were like nope the seven song layout but then Nas out here got the longest he got the longer um, extended cut oh, was it his eight songs as well but still it like even seven to, like songs. more hmm? all of them were meant to be like seven, seven, seven songs for organisation you know what like I'll, and his album wasn't a great album I'll, I'll, yeah. actually let me, hold my, let me hold my tongue on Nas you know, I'm not gonna upset the stands boy oh we, we, no, we, we here for that yeah. oh, 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 oh we here oh, for that oh, we good I, I, don't I, alert the stands oh, we I, can alert their club okay 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 because Jesse go in because you know what Nas yeah is he you know when J. Cole let Nas down? Mm-hmm. Nah, if if anything, like if anything <laughs> I'm not ready. If any nah, if anything, he, he actually he's actually doing Nas a great service to his legacy because Nas is another person who remains stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um his beat selection is <laughs> his beat selection is woeful, man. It's woeful and and <laughs> this and this album we talk it Illmatic even on no 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 Illmatic is a classic okay, and I'm not cool. we're not even going to go there and we're cool. not even going to go there with cool. it, oh, did it you was, like God's Son I we're not going to go there with it was written as well like we're not going to have okay, the conversations about okay. God, God's Son God's God. Son we're not going to have a conversation about that one um, <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> Actually, actually, we'll have conversations about certain songs. Um, God's Son was a good album, man. Yeah, it was a good it was a good album for 2002. Oh, 2003 didn't age yeah yeah but it didn't age well okay, um, right. I, 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 I hear that we hear that we hear that but life, life Life is Good was cool Life is Good yeah. was actually his was actually a really solid album um, for 2012 um, I think still that came Mike, out. still Mike was good I think in my opinion mm. oh um <laughs> 
Nazir, Nazir was just um. Nazir, Nazir, Nazir was again like stag, like. Distant relatives. Now, distant relatives was cool because you know why. Um, Damien Marley because he, mm-hmm. he he added something he gave Nas something mm-hmm. new to work with he gave Nas a new template and a new yeah. canvas like with, with Nazir Nazir was just going back to the same canvas he's been working on for the past 25 we'd been nowhere years you were going to drop something like that exactly we man shake it up yeah like you're, not forced man, but you, shake you own, it up you own a chain of fried chicken restaurants in Brooklyn man no one's trying to hear about your about what you view about the struggle these days because you don't relate to that anymore like mm. I mean I get it do you have the same opinion for Jay then no I mean Jay Z's different because Jay Z come you know what Nas Nas doesn't sound authentic anymore wait so Sorry, I feel like he was like this. What my fans want? Just thinking out loud. So, so can any rapper rap about the struggle? Then no, no. Of course, any rapper can rap about the struggle, but also be authentic about about how you approach talking about the struggle, mm-hmm. um, and don't be afraid to be the bad guy as well. Jay Z yes. hasn't been afraid to be the bad guy, even on four forty four. Even when if he when he's talking about his views on black capitalism and, as well he admits he's conflicted he, yeah he admits he, he, he admits, he admits his confliction he admits where he stands on the matter yeah. um, whereas Nas is just talking about it from a very documentary stoic like oh this is what's happening in the streets like yeah we know that Fact. like we see it mm-hmm. what, what, new, what, what are you telling what, what else are you telling us like like that's the thing he's not telling us anything we, are, we don't already know and, and that's, that's the problem that yeah. I like like even people are gonna probably come to me for this but like even Kendrick Lamar like sometimes I'm just a bit like it's coming across just a bit not authentic to me in places yeah. he's a bit more authentic than Nas because his struggle and all of that <laughs> but like it just I think Ken- Kendrick also knows how to get he's a great performer He's and a, he's, he's a good, more interesting. Yeah. Now. Yeah. He knows yeah. the game. He's yeah, he and, the and, game. He's, and he's he very accessible um, yeah. in that in that sense. Um, Nas was not. It wasn't that Nas was too lyrical. It's just that he, he was too lyrical over trash beats, man. Yeah, I was gonna say the beat selection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, dated. I, I dated. Yeah. Your, your, your view on Kendrick, but I think Kendrick musically is just much more expansive and takes more risks. Yeah, artistically than Nas has mm. yeah, over yeah. the years, mm. but. Yeah, I could say the same about Kendrick. <laughs> we've gone for ages. On. Right, we're gonna we're gonna go really quick. Yes, yeah, so let's just yeah. zoom over the news. So, guys, um, so Brit Awards. Um, we're going to the news section now. So the Brit Awards were on this week. Um, we reported on them. So we're gonna talk about them now. We're gonna talk about winners and performances like we did with the Grammys. So, um, yeah, I didn't watch, but Eden and Shoppe got the chance to watch. Um. It either in whole or in bits but um yeah the winners and nominees um should i do should you want me to just do winners or do you want me to do nominees as well uh what's the best just, layer just do winners winners just yeah winners. okay so best i mean sorry british album of the year uh the 1975 won this one for a 100 percent wait for a brief inquiry into online relationship if you want to listen 100 so. percent deserved i was talking about this album all last I've been needing yeah, to get into them though. I've been needing to get into them, but I just haven't found the time. Hundred percent deserved. Great band. Great album. Yeah, hundred percent deserved. Great. So, <laughs> ne- um, Shoppe thoughts. Nineteen seventy-five. Do you listen the album, to them? But oh, okay, I cool. Trust Eden's opinion. I do. Yeah, on, on the nineteen seventy-five, <laughs> I trust your opinion. On non-black music. Yes. Wow. 
Okay. Wow. Wow. We're taking away black cards. <laughs> wow. Is that what we're doing? Non-black. Ah. Sometimes. Wow. Okay. So next. Wow. Thing. So you're saying I'm the Brit Awards of opinions? Okay. Uh, well, Khalid stand. So. Okay. Anyways, continue. Right. There's a whole subsection on um the site I'm using for a special achievement award. So there's three within this one. So British producer of the year was Calvin Harris and then global success award was Ed, um, Ed Sheeran and then outstanding contribution to music was Pink. Well deserved. Can I, I actually agree with well deserved. that one. Can I just say something? I guess. I, I, I obviously listened to Calvin Harris's beats. I had no idea he sounded like that. Like, I didn't know he was Scottish. So when he got oh, on stage, when, when he got when he got on stage, when he got on stage and started talking, I was like, "Who is this? <laughs> I was like, who's this man on Y'all stage?" Y'all gotta respect. Him, <laughs> no, okay. I haven't heard him speak until a few days ago. Yeah, great contribution to like what he's done though. I've seen he's he's been out here. So. And Loki, that pisses me off more about the fact that he made his name is the fact that he wanted people to think he's black. Imagine like, do you? Wait, what? Oh, yeah, really? he called himself Calvin Harris. No, he called himself Calvin Harris because Calvin sounds like a black name. What's his real Wait, name? Wait, what is it? Did he actually say this publicly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's his real name? Something like Richard something. I'm yeah. Dead. I'm dead because that name worked. I didn't know that. That yeah. name worked. He called himself- We've been he knew, knowing you he, were milk. He knew, he knew that. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, you can leave it, leave it. Leave. It's fine. But, um, yeah, he wanted more people to come to his club. So he gave himself a black name. Um, it's not Calvin Harris a black name Calvin is kind of I, I see the appeal yeah, Harris but, though yeah, yeah. Harris oh no but then oh yeah, yeah. Wait, okay, I get it, I get it. to be yeah. fair in the entertainment industry it's not unknown for people to do I mean Jamie Foxx called himself Jamie Foxx because he thought people would think he was a woman because the way that he spelled it. Oh, I know the reasons. Um, like some people change their names. Like I've known that's been a thing, but Cal- I didn't know Calvin's. Yeah. Well, well imagine name going is. to see a DJ called Calvin Harris, thinking he's black, and this Scottish man's on the decks. Like, I for me personally, I would have been pissed. I would have wanted a refund. Never thought he was black. I never he was Did that work? Like, can we do I a study? Think, yeah, is well, there a study? I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea how to track that. Mm, but he's one cool. of the best D- well, DJs and producers in the world. So, well, he is the best, I think. So. Mm. But yeah, you're right. That award, I do think they deserved it, to be honest. He does know how to make bangers, like Bounce by Khalid. <sighs> what he does, what for what he does- You didn't like that like, song? Shop it. I do love Diplo though. <laughs> I do love Diplo. <laughs> Diplo's my guy. I love Diplo. He's Diplo's a very, di- he's very diverse. It's very diverse. And I, I've seen him, I've seen him DJ live. He's a great DJ live. Yeah, I do like he's a bit great. of Diplo. Diplo um, anyway, um, global success, Ed Sheeran. No, what do we think? Thank you, next. Oh, okay, cool. Any? Uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, Jesse. Uh, I mean, yeah, but. We know it's a bit forced. Yeah, it's just, can we just get into our. Yeah, get... it's just like. Someone else other than we all Sheeran. know the rotation. But then Adele, again, but then, but then again, he, he does have the global success, and you can't deny that. But it's just yawn. I love it. Yawn. Yeah, yawn. yeah, man. I, I My mean, phrase. His, yawn. His, his best music has been and gone. To be honest, I agree. Um, I mean, Divide wasn't a good album. I'll admit that. Yeah. But he does know how to make good music. Yeah, he's, he's a does, great yeah. songwriter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give him that. He's, great songwriter but behind I, the scenes he's great yeah. behind the scenes yeah. Maybe, yeah maybe I just don't like that style of pop music yeah. do you know what it is it's just that style of pop music or that those people and that style of pop music it's just in constant rotation if you're not going to see Edge you're going to see Adele if you don't see Adele you're going to see Sam yeah, like, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. they're in rotation oh, he, Sam was terrible live anyway continue. I don't care never will anyway um, <laughs> I, I will never care can we, anyway. just, can we just get into our, our one of our white favourites Pink 
No, can we just keep going down the... No. Oh, did you want to talk about contribution to music? Can we do that to the end? Because you were going to talk show. about the performances, right? And oh, then you right. can I was going to say, we're not going to talk about flipping fake black man, but we have to respect Pink. No, we're doing it in No, no, no. I think she, as soon as I read that, because that's this is my first time seeing it, I was like, yeah, like, that's deserved, you know, out here. She's been out here. But, I got um, it. Wow, Edith's going to come and disrespect... See, doesn't respect legends. Can we get over this next one? Because I really want to just... Are you putting Pink in the lane of legends? Yes. Okay, go on, continue. Um, British single of the year, let's just get over this. Calvin Harris, Dua Lipa, no, whatever, One Kiss. Cool. I've never heard that song. Uh, you yeah, have, never. you just don't know it's them. No, I know, I've heard it now, but I just, listening to it generally, I've never heard it before. Anyway. British artist video of the year. Um, haven't. I don't think, now. I haven't watched this. Little Mix featuring Nicki Minaj, woman oh, okay. like me. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> British male solo award, uh, George Ezra. Of course, typical. Cool. Yeah. I've never understood him. British female solo artist uh, George Smith. I have some thoughts, thoughts on this. Go on. I am actually surprised she won. Obviously, um, I know she obviously is everywhere, but in terms of actual, what the Brit Awards will go for in terms of actual like numbers and statistics, I thought, oh, this is Jessica Lynn's award. Because Jessica Lynn, I think she has like the most number ones for a British female artist of all time or something like that. Jessica Lynn is like out here. So I'm surprised they gave it to Georgia. Definitely out here. I'm surprised they gave it to Georgia. Not surprised, but. Well, it, fits, it fits the moment that, her that she's people in. are pushing towards. Yeah, it, it, fit, it fits. I remember she said something about jazz music I didn't like, but I can't remember what it was. Like, she said something that was like low key anti black in a way, but I can't remember what it was. George was Smith? it like in the Jess Glynn. Glynn. I can't oh, Jess Glynn said this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll continue. I'm gonna Uh British group, 1975. Yep, deserve. Okay. Uh, any thoughts? No. Okay. Cool. They deserved it. British. Okay. Cool. Bra- <laughs> British breakthrough act. Um, Tom Walker. Wow. You can go to the next award. Cool. Um. So our guy has won again. Who is that? I had to Google. That was. His, yeah. Although his single did really well, apparently. Yeah, we like, don't know who's. Yeah, anyway. Um, international Mel Solo Awards, Drakey Drake. Um, of course. Obvious. Uh, international. <sighs> oh, Jesse, some thoughts? And Burner Boy just had a fantastic 2018, and we're still talking about Drake. <laughs> Jeez, to I be mean, honest yeah like and there's, there's a mean, whole moment happening over the pond New York yeah. right now with you know it's, it's doing quite like, like look, look at the 2018 and 2017 Drake had and we're still talking about him oh my god but he is even Travis yeah yeah but, he's, yeah but he's dominating through numbers alone and just, that's it but just that's number, the, numbers that's alone the Brits, um, yeah 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 and I guess so but Burn, Burner Boy's been hitting the numbers. Other artists have been hitting the numbers. Like There's Drake, been a surge in Burner yeah, Boy Wolf. Like Drake is just hitting super numbers that no one else will hit because he's just a super mega artist. It's on that's a different level. Yeah, he's like messy in a way. And at some point, you can't, you got to vote for someone other than Messi, otherwise the whole game just gets boring. If mm. you're going to keep giving someone like Drake international artists or whatever, it's just like, come on. I hate like, to sound biased, but I am waiting for the post-peak Drake. Yeah. I, I want to see who's next. I mean, he, I, I think his his peak ended two, um, 2013, 2014, to be honest. You think? Well, commercially? Quality, is no, this no, quality? No, quality, 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 oh, quality, yeah, okay. quality. Yeah. Like, commercially, obviously, he's still always going to do well, and he's always going to do well because he's a legacy artist. Now, um, yeah, um, he's in that heat, yeah. So, is like, he a legacy artist? Yeah, 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 he's been around he's for decades. He's been around for a decade. Wait, Eden, you agree? Yeah. Oh, like like him, him, Nikki, him, Nikki, Kendrick, and J Cole are all legacy <laughs> artists, whether we want to admit Facts. it or not. Facts. Um, Facts. So they don't need to worry about their money or. 
their relevance. They'll always be tied up somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. what's important is to make just decent art that reflects where you are at this point in mm. time. And Drake hasn't been doing that. He's been making art because based on the formula yeah really. based on the formula and talking about he still can't sleep because he needs to be on this 24-7 grind it's like you're not 22 anymore man you're almost in your mid-30s yeah you certainly mm. don't have the body for it you don't have the energy for that or the stamina for that kind of work rate that he's working at mm. um well, do you know my thing with drake yeah. do you know what it is with me like you just compared bird and boy and that's the difference between a drake and a him drake will come and usurp the culture mm. and usurp movements that are happening. Whereas Burner Boy and people like that will actually be the initiators of it or yeah. the reporters of it. And it's just kind of like, no, with Drake. I'm not hearing that. Cool. No, no, yeah, and you don't have no, to. You and you don't have to. You don't have to hear it. You really don't have to hear it. I don't give a shit. You don't have to. As a Jamaican, like, Burner Boy has known to be taken like influences from dancehall and not given any credit to it whatsoever. Really? Like, he says he loves Elephant Man all the time. No, 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 no. No, he doesn't. No, I'm so sorry about it. No, but like, no, but anecdotal it's been there he's been stating there was a time where he was releasing a song with Lily Allen um, called Outside I know what that song there's another song called um, ah what is it called which is like a dancehall influence song and it's been known that he's known to release songs that have dancehall influences and not comment on the culture whatsoever okay and adding to that are we going to act like everything Drake has done has been completely unoriginal act like he's never brought anything new to the culture no, no, that's no, what I'm saying. He'll he'll be the one. You're saying like everything Drake has done has been. I didn't say everything though. You said he's usurps. Yeah, yeah but, but, no, but now this is now Drake that I'm talking about. Now Drake in 2019, 2018 views kind of from views I kind of started I mean, to really from notice. day from day one he's taken influence from everyone around him mm. and when, once he's done with that influence kind of just discarded them like and and moved on to the next influence and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily saying that he doesn't appreciate the cultures that he's nah, he definitely into. appreciates British, he definitely like. does he definitely does have a love for it but it's the fact that he's kind of taking what he wants from certain cultures and then into moving on to the next the it next just feels a bit slimy yeah. i don't so, know why but so just, before yeah. before houston and all of that he was like rocking with fonte and little brother and that's where he that's that's how he started to sing because he was mm. working in the studio of Fonte a lot. Yeah, it was Fonte that inspired him to actually start singing. Um, and then from there, the Houston thing came yeah. about. And then after the Houston thing was done, he started kind of going. He started working with the Weekend a lot more. Mm. And Even we- how he uses OVR, it's just yeah. like it's there. In yeah, the world. I mean, it's there. and, it's and, there and, for and you the Weekend, the, the Weekend refused to sign with the OVO Sweat Factory, and look at him now. Oof. That noisy article is historic. Yeah. Look, the one about look, look, the look at the weekend. Look at the weekend now, and then look at party next That's door. That's what I'm and saying. I always make the distinction. If if the weekend yeah. signed to his label, no, and that's why I'm scared. Next door was never great. That's why look, I'm scared. Do not yeah. sign that paper. Look at Don't. I love Mackinnon. Like, mate, he. All the artists that leave his label yeah. have a story, and yeah. that is not a coincidence. Yeah, it's, it's not. Division's coming soon. Yeah, that's not a coincidence. I and mean, Popcorn, I'm scared. I'm scared for you, nigga. I'm scared. I am scared. For he didn't sign him. That. Though, did he? he did. Oh, no, he did. Yeah, yeah. he signed ah, to him. So I'm scared. After he's done with his pop, um, top boy wave and all this kind of stuff, he's gonna go to the next thing and all of this. Drake. Even that strategic marketing he did on the Brit Awards that I saw a picture of online. On don't let the stands. Yeah, you yeah. posted. <laughs> yeah, Eden, Eden did the socials for that. Now, anyway, okay. next of all. Anyway, sorry guys, we're almost done. We're almost done. Your girl Ariana for international female solo artist thoughts. 
deserving. Not surprised. Yeah, I guess no, you yeah, deserve. Yeah. Out of all the ones, yeah, definitely deserve a case it. in there. Yeah. yeah. International group, and this is what caused a lot of social media moments. Um, the Carters and their their their. Wait, before speak. you go on, who was nominated? In um, that so award? Brockhampton. Well, they're not going to win. First thing, first aid kit, twenty one <laughs> pilots. Who those and are. Ch- is it Chick or Chic? Or oh, Chic. Chic. Yeah. Wait, were BTS not nominated? No. Really? No. Okay, well... Yeah. That's a surprise. That's BTS? A surprise, yeah. That's, they yeah. should be. I mean, BTS are uh, surprised... They should, they've they had should, a mammoth yeah. year. Yeah, they're, they're, mammoth they're owning year. the market right now yeah. of international. So, if I'm going off this... That is out of touch. this what? list... Fine, give it to the cars. I'm going to say what I said last week. I feel mm. like... Um, even though I love Beyonce and Jay-Z, I just feel like award shows feel like they just have to give them the awards because of who they are. Um, but based on that nomination list, fine. But I agree with Jesse, BTS should have been. Yeah, there. no, no, no. Should've that is been, a really valid. They, what? They should have been winning. They should yeah. come on now. How like, they, how, that's their award. They sold out like four nights of the O2 Arena. They are a mammoth. They are. And that is a testament to where K pop's going. Like, that is, it's mad. Brits, that was a very out of touch nominations list. Very out of touch. And what they're going to do is they're going to do it next year and give them the award because they know they're out of touch now. That's what they're going to do. How would BTS not in? That's mad. That's actually wild. She she could call, but man. She could call Legends, but it's like 2019. You know? That's what? BTS. Yeah, that is a really good point. That is a really. What the hell? But based on that list. Fine, give us the cards cool. on that one. <laughs> what did you guys think of the speech? Um, I wanted to ask that. So we all saw it at the Meghan Markle thing on the wall. Like, I had angry a moment. Like everyone's. Saying. I had angry um, white people in my mentions because of the the tweet I put out about um, Meghan Markle. What, what did, did you, you say? say? <laughs> so I tweeted from the Dats account about. Um, the video yeah. so I just tweeted the video of what happened because yeah. it was just basically Beyonce Jay-Z and then there was a kind of like Mona Lisa type um, painting of Meghan Markle yeah. on the wall and um, there was this woman that was just in the comments like what I did don't Sally see- say? she was just like I don't see the point of this it wasn't funny it wasn't creative what was the point of it and um, then I replied to her on my own Twitter because I didn't want to do it from that and I was yeah, just yeah, like I, know why, yeah. I was just like Meghan Markle gets a lot of slack just for being non-white and a royal and I'd, I'd get that there isn't like this whole celebration we should have about a black person being in the royal family she doesn't claim to be a black woman I don't know about that I didn't, she doesn't I, I didn't hear that um, she claims to be mixed which is what yeah. she is yeah but basically um, I was a negative but she is mixed no she no she no I, don't, I wasn't yeah anyway go on <laughs> say, say what you said say what you said, say what you said. Um, but yeah I had people in my mentions just talking about how the I actually can't remember my point now <laughs> no what you said what you replied to the woman yeah, I replied to the woman and um, loads of people, they were just complaining about the fact that Beyonce and Jay-Z do stuff like that at award shows where they like over perform or they over do things at the award show just to see more black or stuff like that. I had black people who I mentioned saying that as well. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, I think it was a nice homage. It was a nice kind of um, salute towards uh, Meghan Markle. A lot of people relate her to Diana as well, which I have my own opinions about. But um, It's because they're coming for her, that's why. Yeah, um, I have loads of views about that, but I'm not going to present that on this show. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it was nice of them. It was to nice. Do. I don't really care, but it was nice. Yeah, it was nice of them to do. Anyway, next um, Critics Choice Awards. So Sam Fender. Next. That's it. Next. That's it. Yeah, performances. I, I just oh, want to say on yeah. 
on the Brits just quickly. Um, so I put out another tweet on the Dats where I was talking about how there weren't that many black artists nominated this year. Yeah, and um, I'm surprised. Not really surprised. I was a bit annoyed at the fact that it kind of keeps happening. And um, there's someone called Jack Garrett, I think his name is. Uh, yeah, he has a song called I Worry. that one. Um, and he's like an electronic slash alt R&B artist, like a white guy. And um, he was being interviewed and he was talking about how the Brits continuously, like, continually sorry snub black artists and i haven't heard any music from him like oh, since like he hasn't made oh, yeah, yeah. he has like i've heard anything from him whatsoever chart anything whatsoever Mad. um but yeah i was saying i think we need more black artists nominated so far rams was the only person i saw nominated from like the kind of newer school artists but you know um, that's probably why because the comparison to the grammys where they have i think all the brit awards are general categories they don't have they don't have genre based categories like the Grammys I see that but then I, I'm seeing I'm not saying that's right but I'm saying that's probably why no but an argument against that type of thought is it's the same people being nominated every single time and it can't be best new if it's the same person being no- or the same people being nominated or the yeah. same sound at least yeah. but that being said and we had discussed this when we had that Guardian thing a few months ago a lot of black artists aren't piercing through the mainstream walls like that Mm -hmm. and I know it shouldn't matter because music is subjective but when you think about what the Brit Awards um, nominates represent a lot of these up and coming black artists or even just um, established black artists they're not piercing through the mainstream in the way a Dua Lipa or a Jess Glynn is or even a Mo- Georgia most black music is still underground mm. so in not this gonna, country they're yeah. not going to be recognised yeah. as someone like Facts. the Brits unless yeah. they start introducing genre based categories where they have to mm. unless they have to so obviously Rams had a big song with Barkin that's why he was there the commerciality jo- of it Georgia Smith has had a great year which is why she's there mm-hmm. um, I don't know why the black person was nominated but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was literally just those two from my memory there was a time in the mid 90s when in terms of best British female um, for a few years running it was black women so it was um, Desiree Shola Amma and someone else someone else prominent at the time um, was it Beverly no might have been Beverly or Misha Paris or someone I think Miss like Dynamite won it some years later. Um, but yeah, like there was a period in the nineties where, um, and even the, the one of the first people to win the award was a black woman as well. Um, uh-huh. So I um, think Eternal won. Yeah, That's I think it. Eternal was one. So there was a time in the nineties where there were artists winning it, and it was actually a lot more diverse than it is now. Mm. I don't and, know what's happening. And that goes what, back to my point because yeah. back then, like I said, this goes back to when I have my questions for you. Um, there were there were much more black people in the visible mainstream in the nineties mm-hmm. compared to now. Mm-hmm. I think um, so. Even someone like oh, Beverly, sorry, even someone like Beverly Knight, who wasn't necessarily like a massive superstar, but she was <laughs> top forty. She was chart. You would she was on Radio One. She was on Kiss. Yeah. yeah. Whereas today we don't have artists like that really. Most of the black mainstream in the UK are from the US. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm. I mean that's always been the case, but mm. that's just. That's just increased since with the changes in technology and yeah. kind of the mediums through which we kind of consume music these days. Mm. There's just more ways to consume black music, black pop culture from the US. Um, Definitely. 
So, and that's pretty much kind of drowning out what's happening here. Yeah. yeah. I do want to, um, in this conversation, just um, shout out NSG, who are top 10 um, independent mm-hmm. on the official UK charts right now. Shout out to them. Amazing success for early 2019. And I hope they top this up. Um, Tion Wayne's on the track as well. So yeah, go check that out and help to get them higher top five. But on the Brit Awards and awards in general, this relates to what I said of, with the Grammys and stuff. I'm just becoming really disillusioned. Like I really am as the years go on, like I'm just kind of like, I don't have the stamina. That's why I didn't watch like the Grammys. I didn't watch. I did watch performances, but I didn't really watch the whole show. Um, I'm just becoming really disillusioned with it at this point. But obviously I see the value it has in like artists that I respect career like obviously it's going to give them a certain allure to their their kind of um track record and potential um although shoppe did highlight you know the curse in certain categories and stuff in the grammys but yeah those are my views mm. on the brits let's move on to the performances do you I, want to touch I, on I, and or jesse as well yeah i just had one I've, i guess it's more about kind of charting as well so you mentioned kind of nsg mm. yeah, and then in the top 10 and I've noticed that when a song is close to getting to number one there's this big kind of push to drive listens and streams um we don't and I get why we why we have to do that because there's only so many of us um within the market with it who actually listens to that music that will actually like help play it, yeah, and help to get it, it help yeah. to get it, get it to number one. Um, and we saw that with kind of Stormzy's album. Yes, we saw that with Definitely. Funky Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay Huss, I think, as well. And, this, mm. and the there's Christmas a Huss cult, yeah. Um, and it's great that we're all rallying together and and doing that. But it says something about the industry and about kind of people's buying and listening habits um, as music consumers. If as black people, we're having to literally do some sort of campaign to get someone to number one. That's not something that used to happen before. Mm. Mm. Like, not like that. Um, I mean, we didn't have social media back then, but yeah. even still, um, yeah, doing no, some big you. campaign like that to get someone to number one, mm. like, wasn't a focus, really. And the focus to get to number one in a market where most most people aren't buying the music, because the, num- the numbers mean... I mean, diff, uh, uh, everything is categorized different here than it is in the US. Yeah. Going gold here doesn't mean you you achieve the same amount of sales. If oh yeah, gold sales in are the US. different. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You can go platinum here fairly fairly easily. Mm. Uh, the amount of sales are very minimal. Well, not compared. fairly easily. Like I don't want to say easily because if, in comparison, if, in, I think, yeah, like I there's think a bigger, relatively, you yeah. know, yeah. I yeah. think the platinum here is three hundred thousand. I think. Oh, yeah. And I think gold it's is something in that region. Here, whereas in the states, gold is five hundred k, platinum is a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there was only one performance I cared about the entire show. Um, that was Pink. Respect nineteen seventy five. Sorry, I can't let you continue. Respect. I wasn't in the room when I was watching um, them. So it's your fault. No, I was enjoying myself. Okay. Sorry. Oh yeah, I went to. Um, I was luckily. I was luckily allowed. Not allowed. Let me start again. I was luckily given the chance to go to the, to the Nile Rogers Brits viewing party. So I was in and out of the room watching the actual awards. So. <laughs> um, that almost caused a fight though. Because <laughs> I remember in the group chat, someone, who, who said it? Like, what? Someone was like, oh, was, was it you? I'm like, I'm at the award show, but I think you mistyped. And then I was like, wait, 
what? Oh. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, wait, so one of us went to the award show and no one said anything. <laughs> no, but even, no, but even that part, even going to the, to the Narvada's part, that was very last minute. My friend just hit me up. It's like, hey, I've got a plus one. You can come with. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sound cool. good. Sound good. Oh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. We love impromptos. Um, but yeah, no, so it was a party, but they were showing the actual awards, but I went in and out when I actually cared. So I was like, okay, pink us on and go to the TV. <laughs> but um, no, um, so she was given the outstanding contribution to music, um, very well deserved. She's been one of the most consistent pop artists of the last almost mm-hmm. 20 years now. Um, obviously loads of success, very talented. And she was, um, she had an amazing performance. Um, had some issues with her song selection. I just kind of feel when artists do these comprehensive tributes to themselves I just feel like you should just pack in not necessarily the big hits but just like a wider variety of your catalogue whereas Pink just kind of did three songs from her most recent stuff and they were, those songs were hits all, all respect to her but a lot of them sound the same <laughs> and it's just like meh like she sounded great she was good but mm. I just wish like could we, could we have had you know like maybe Don't Let Me Get Me you know so there you go. Let's bring back Blackpink for a second. There was no Blackpink. Okay, let's bring back... R- I hate when people say let's, that. Let's, mm. like, like, can we bring back R&B Pink for like five seconds? Can we bring back, you know, um, You In Your Hand? Like in some of the older shit, but it was just all the most recent stuff and it all just sounds like one long song anyway and a, a Coldplay reject, no shade. Um, but yeah, she yeah. was great. Sounded amazing. because She's obviously an amazing vocalist. And that is my thoughts on the performances. Um, her, mm. shout out to you. You were there with Jess Glynn. Song is terrible, but you sounded good. Mm. Yeah, with Pink, um, I don't really follow her now, but yeah, definitely consistent. Very consistent artist. But yeah, we loved R&B Pink. I actually tuned out before that performance, but I don't respect legends. No, but it's just mm. <laughs> so Pink, I like Pink's music, but I just but you I said out. That, but you said Drake lays more claim to the legend word than Pink. When it when did no, those words come when, out of my when mouth? When Jesse was saying that Drake is a legacy artist. Oh, so that's why you reacted yes. like that. Oh, okay. Pink isn't a legend, no. though. I was. <laughs> I didn't say she wasn't a legend. No, you asked me as if like I shouldn't think that. No, I'm just getting your opinion. I was just like, yes. do you think she's a legend? Because I haven't heard people say that before. So. Well, that's the thing though. Uh, this is my last point on that. I always when it because she came around the same time as Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. People always kind of like she's kind of like an underrated mm. superstar. Like even though like she's had like mad sales, mad awards, mad hits, people don't really like look at her in the same way they look at those two. But she's near enough, if not surpassed them in certain respects. Yeah. So I'm glad she got that award and I think she deserves more of those kind of awards because yeah, so if you actually like look at her and Google her, like she's, she, done a lot. she's had and continues to have an amazing- She's out here. I like her branding album. as well. I like what she kind of stands for. Mm. Um, was uh, was the upside, upside down exclamation mark? Not upside down exclamation mark. Was that exclamation mark always in her name? Or was that a yes. recent thing? It's always been there. Really? I may have just been noticing it a lot more. Um, can I, I, I think like some places don't put it in. Yeah. Certain, yeah, but it's always been. Can like, I ask, is there anyone in this room who thought that pink was mixed race or a black woman? I never thought No. That. I don't no. know where this comes from. But it's easy to see why that is. It's what, to very, see that she's mixed race? Yeah, to see, yeah. No, I mean, there are plenty of artists where like, because of like the photoshopping and all of this they stuff. They play on. And, and, yeah, they played on, they played on using like kind of like racial people ambiguity. yeah yeah racial ambiguity yes. as a way to sell okay. so like nice. they they definitely played on that because like 
at the time, if you looked at, if you watched the video to some of her early stuff and then look at someone like Charlie Baltimore, you wouldn't see much difference. Mm. But obviously when you're, when you're, when you're with them in person, obviously you can definitely tell that Charlie Baltimore is black yes. and then that pink is white. But yes. because of the grading on the music videos yeah. and all of the shoots and all of that, they make them look a certain way. Yep. Okay. Which is why like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera were always so pale and blonde because Hey, like that's what they that's what they wanted. Like they weren't going to one era of Christina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for one era, Christina. One yeah. Um, oh darker. my, oh my goodness, we're not going to go there. That, no, because people like I love to bring Christina into that discussion because yeah, yeah. people love to say Riley was the one. Like she is. We all love and and Ariana, Ariana, Christina, and Ariana Grande, but. Yeah. Aguilera was just Christina, Christina actually did it in a more grotesque and ugly yeah, way. Yeah, she did the nose like, piece yeah, in the red. Yeah, the, the really like, just it, 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 yeah, it was like, it was like, era, you know. It, but do I, I think people yeah. give her, I think people give her a cow, pass yeah they compared, do compared to others yeah. she's, she's, half, she's half Latin yeah. and, she, and she can actually sing she can sing her arse off of like, course so of course she gets a pass in that way but actually yeah no that was that was a problem yeah. looking back on that that looks yeah, distasteful yeah, yeah, yeah. and ugly like video yeah. of little Kim ugly yeah. ugly looking back on it now and I'll just say I will, um, the stripped album does bang forever and always but yeah I would love if how that would have been received if it happened in 2019. Mm. I would be have looked to her. Might have to write a quick piece. But anyway. So, anyway. Sorry. Right. Quick, 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 quick. This is the last topic now of the news before we go into Jesse's interview. Um, so SoundCloud um, will now distribute your tracks to other streaming services. So this is, this hit the news early this week and it was um, part of their new business model and they are now going to offer to artists They'll keep 100% of their royalties. Um, they'll digitally distribute um, their tracks to like the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera, et cetera. It's being rolled out as a public beta right now um, for pro and pro unlimited users. Um, and this, yeah, Spotify, YouTube Music, Apple Music, Instagram, Amazon Music, and other platforms as a part of their subscription fee. So they charge for those two services. Um, Digital digital distribu distributors, sorry, will typically take a cut. SoundCloud, yeah, it says that a hundred percent of the rights will still be retained um, and royalties from um, third party services uh, for no additional um, cost. There has uh, Chance the Rapper taken credit for this shit? <laughs> don't know, but he might as I'm a part sure, of that upcoming album I'm, campaign. I'm sure a tweet is coming. Yeah, he's gonna have a hat with the SoundCloud logo on of it. Of course, of course, like it will be a part of his Breakfast Club interview that comes oh, up. You know what? I really hope he doesn't start wearing a hat with the number four in it. You know what? In, um, I noticed this in the Spider-Man, um, Spider-Verse yeah. uh, movie. There's a picture of Charles Gambino. Not Charles Gambino. Chance, I, I know, I get Chance the Rapper. There's a poster of him with the four on his hat. Oh, and I thought it was kind of like an Easter egg towards his album coming out. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it mm. probably is an Easter egg. It was like what? a little subtle thing. Yeah. I actually don't want to hear a Childish Gambino and Chance, Chance the Rapper album anymore. Yeah, it's quiet. Yeah, it's very it's quiet. quiet. Well, I'm glad you said it's mute. I, 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 it's I, mute. I, I don't know. I think it's mute. I think I just went off Childish Gambino last year. I've gone off Chance. Same um, way. Like, he's, he's, did you he's like, did you like really Awaken My Love? Yeah, and no. <laughs> did you I, like um, Camp? Wait, what would you I, say I, in response to Awaken? Yeah, and no. Okay. I liked Camp. Mm, I liked okay. because you respect good music. That's fine. Uh, there were elements of a way because, because the internet was probably his best work he's ever created um, oh project um, Awaken My Love was very much a 
just uh, there was not some nice funk to listen to, but it was very much a, just a cheap imitation of mm-hmm. of of 80s stuff. Like I mean, um, Redbone, like the sample. Obviously, the sample is a Bootsy Collins sample, mm-hmm. um, and. I mean, it's a pretty, I mean, it was the biggest hit of 2017, 2016. And his career, well, until this is America, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this is America. Mm-hmm. I do do not understand the hype. That was just some. Would you have called Charles terrible song an R and B artist during that? Like he was had like an R and B sound during that period. Why do you always try and insult your opinions? Like just start trying to insult your opinions. Right, like you love doing. Like, nah, he's not. He's stop. not. And I look directly at Chopin as I say that. By the way, just in case viewers like nah, that listeners not, um, wonder what I'm doing. He's not an R and B artist. Thank you. Thank you. This is America. I want to unpack those thoughts yeah. a little bit before um, we go into the slide cloud. I say he's not an R&B artist because when I heard him sing um, So Into You live he can't sing yeah but not all R&B artists can sing nowadays though, yeah, that's yeah. The thing. but that, that's, that's, that's a problem in itself because R&B R&B well, the, the, the core fundamentals well. of R&B as a genre is that you have to be able to sing he can hold a note so yeah. on he that note, note I think yeah. Scissor Scissor got her voice a little bit back. Yeah. I saw a clip yeah. the other week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um yeah, SoundCloud. On the topic of mm. SoundCloud, what do we think? Good move, bad move, what what, what I think, think it's good for um up and coming independent artists. I think it's really good. Um it just uh it just now means that we're just gonna now continue to expand the market. Um, it's gonna be more of an over influx, but you know. So how much are they how much of the royalties are they being paid in that? So they're, they're saying that they're getting 100% of the royalties in the distribution, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how much is, how much are the royalties worth? Because it's SoundCloud. My only skepticism yeah. is that they may just do it at like one sale is like worth 0.010p or something like that, mm. where the value of it doesn't even mean that much. So, over Ooh, time so your your yeah. royalty check ends up just being like five pounds or ten pounds so whilst it sounds good on paper what does it actually mean and how much are these artists being paid that's, so that's a really good point so well, that's one thing to consider with soundcloud because artists at the moment aren't being paid much for well i think yeah. the win for soundcloud is that this new i guess service will drive people to sign up for Pro and an unlimited pro, yeah. So it's that's the win for SoundCloud. More people will sign up for that service. Yeah, they tried, they've tried that before and it didn't work. No, it does work because it does it? You, you can't upload um longer than an hour and 30 minutes, I think it is, mm. on SoundCloud, unless you want to do it individually, like over a long period but of time. As a business model, it's not been working because they've been making a loss for the past. No, but this is yeah. recent. This, this kind yeah. of this thing is recent. Uh, what so is so this new SoundCloud was it Go or the Pro, Go Pro like what that, that, yeah. that SoundCloud Pro thing because yeah. even with our podcast like we need to have Pro otherwise we can't upload our yeah. podcast yeah um, and if someone has an album that's over an hour and however mm. long they'll need they'll the... need to pay for Pro so it works it's, yeah. it's ten pounds a month so they are making money mm. but then the, I think what Jesse kind of means is people going to SoundCloud like some artists have used like avoided soundcloud and just gone to like spotify and yeah. apple like with other distributors now like yeah. it is it just isn't as lucrative as it once was but now this is much better because it's much easier to get on soundcloud than it is to get on spotify other yeah. than, other no, than no, they've no, opened a new way for people to get on spotify yeah. it's much no easier. no it's, it's it's very easy to get on spotify it's something that you just go you can either do directly or you can do via this 
distribution, distribution um companies that, right? yeah and there's yeah. there's loads of them these days um that can do that for you and <laughs> even as an independent artist who's just putting out one single do your very first single it's very easy to do that yeah doesn't it take a while to go up though it doesn't go up straight away no it doesn't it. go up straight up straight away but i think with soundcloud is not many people are there anymore yeah and not many people are willing to pay 10 pounds a month for soundcloud when I'm, it was free it was amazing yeah. because I'm, I'm saying you know, i'm not willing to pay 10 pounds a month to not for soundcloud no to for new and upcoming artists who haven't shown that they're worthy of the money. getting my my money yet mm. um mm. spotify is slightly different because obviously they're all they're all sitting in that in that place anyway and you can kind of Spotify is like Netflix where it's just like a big bank of yes. everything mm, yeah. um, and that's not always a good thing but in some ways it's a good thing as well mm. a lot of artists get lost in Spotify um, mm. yes I mean streaming is streaming is a, a model that I hope ends and dies a death very quickly because it's the worst thing to happen to music um, in, in my personal opinion wow okay in, 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 li in my living memory my mm. living memory like uh, okay. streaming is probably one of the worst things to happen to music and the way we consume music yeah yeah. it'll probably get much worse than that in the future yeah. oh, yeah. so there'll be yeah, something definitely. completely yeah. new yeah. Um, yeah but that's a whole like, technology yeah. type question yeah it's lethargic man it mm. really is like to do all that but, but yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts on SoundCloud like um, anything to be honest I'm just going to echo what everyone has said to be honest it sounds like a good idea but it's about um, how the artists are getting paid how much they're getting paid if it works in practice, if people are actually going to go to SoundCloud in the first place, now that Spotify is much easier to get on. Mm. Um, all of these questions, it sounds more beneficial to SoundCloud than it does to anyone else. Mm. That's why um, I said, I think that's why. It's a, yeah. nice, it's a nice attempt to diversify it. And I tweeted this, like it's a nice attempt to them diversifying their business model, but it's just intriguing to see how this will play out. Will there be a campaign, an anti-campaign via artists? We're not getting paid this much for like the royalty and uh, the negotiations and all of that aren't what I thought it would be, mm. all of that kind of thing. So we'll see, the artists will definitely speak. So. We'll, we'll see what happens in the future. But on to the main event. So um, our interview with Jesse. So this will kind of just work as kind of, we'll just ask questions as and when, and just unpack the brilliance of his career so far. Cool. So let's go. Shope, I know you've got some questions. Oh, okay, cool, fair enough. So, <laughs> um, so despite being like a new publication, I guess, Trench, Trench has definitely become one of my favorite places to read about music not only like because of the way you guys dominate the uk scene at present but also the way you kind of um shine a light on like artists who are on the fringes of like mainstream culture like in the night so like lyndon david hall roots maneuver dwe etc etc mm. so what were the goals you and jp had when yeah. starting trench and what void do you feel it occupies in the editorial space today um, <clears throat> well, I wasn't kind of really involved in the creation of Trench. That was more kind of um, Laura Hyperfrank and um, JP's. Um, okay. That was their, those two's vision mainly. Um, and then that's something that they'd actually been wanting to work on for years. Um, and I think, yeah, the time just felt right. It felt like there was a gap in in the market for something like tre Trench, and there has been for a long time. Um, and what was the second part of that question? What void do you feel it, it feels? Oh yeah, the, um, yeah. I feel like what it's done is helped to create an archive 
of what's happening now um, and documenting what's happening now and what's also happening in the past um, and where where these scenes are headed as well. I think there hasn't been anything like this for a long time. We've had SBTVs and Link Up and Grime Daily and all of those platforms, which are great in, in what they do, but they're very kind of news-based and kind of fast news. They're not necessarily focused on bigger bigger in-depth pieces and in-depth stories. And SBTV's not even around as an editorial site anymore. Yeah. So that's even begun to change. So there, there has been a huge gap that's left where we're getting like in-depth pieces and in-depth stories of artists that may not make it to The Guardian or make it to Pitchfork or make it to these big publications. Like these artists deserve a home as well um, online and in publications just as much as your mainstream kind of like billboard, like kind of selling artists. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Nick, you um, you can continue. Well, I was I was going to ask something quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want I'm trying to think about how I want to phrase this question, but you travel quite a lot for your writing. Yeah. Um, in particular to the states, quite a lot. You have quite a few US artists that you've interviewed. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, there's this comparison. I've asked this to an American editor as well in our last season, where a lot of people seem to think that um, British journalists or um people that just interview about music they succeed more not just journalists sorry but pe like people from the uk so mm -hmm. even music artists as well succeed more when they go to the um us my question kind of has a double side to it so the first question is is that do you believe that's true do you think there's more opportunity for more stories and uh, more opportunities in the us and then my second question is slightly long-winded but um as you're aware, there was this conversation about um, US talk shows. So The Breakfast Club mm. um, and uh, Joe Budden's podcast and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I don't think people talk about everyday struggle anymore, but there was this whole conversation about how there isn't a version of that in the UK. Yeah. My question to you and to anyone who wants to answer it after you've answered the first one, is there a need for one? Does our culture support that? So I guess just start mm -hmm. with the, the journal, journalist. Um, the travelling one. I was gonna ask so the answer to the first question is, I do feel, so repeat the first question. I do, the I first remember, question I was, want is, to make is, sure I'm answering it. It's basically yeah, if yeah. there's more opportunity oh, yeah. for people from the UK. Yeah. So um, there is, 100%, because there's a market for the stories that we want to write about. Like at least when you look at look at it from a hip hop and rap perspective, like even fair enough, like a lot of British publications cover rap, but they don't cover it well. To be honest, Fact. they don't cover it well. They don't, like like some some individual editors are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah individual yeah, yeah. editors, yeah. Are, some are fantastic yeah. because they have a great kind of they have ear. The eye. They have an ear and an eye for what's happening overseas. Mm -hmm. But on a on a as a kind of collectively on a broad scale, like most publications don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to cover US music. And it's actually damaging in a way because it's damaging the perception of like um, US music and like rap in it's particular. Annoying. And it's and And the thing is like, it's, we're being we're being shown like a lot of the weak stuff as well, like not enough, enough of the lyrical quality that has kind of made rap what it is. Um, in terms of like there being more opportunity, definitely like I feel like in order to even 
make it out there you had to be one of the best in what you were doing mm. in the UK like, and there's a ceiling for black creatives here like, that's what people in the US don't understand is that there's a ceiling for us here and once you reach that ceiling there's n you can't go any higher unless you sell out essentially and I'm not really and I'm not really trying to do stuff that I don't want to do that doesn't that doesn't align with like how I listen to music and how I enjoy kind of like music and music cultures um, mm. I don't want to write about kind of like kind of just mainstream pop because that is not what I'm into to be honest I, don't, yeah. I can't remember the last time I listened to the radio um, unless I wasn't in an Uber or something like that yeah. I don't remember the last time I watched MTV or anything like that because it just doesn't appeal to me anymore mm -hmm. um, but back to the second question as to whether the UK needs a breakfast club a breakfast club um, I don't, I mean, what the UK does have is, it does actually have a plethora of talk shows and hosts. It actually has a lot of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of podcasts, a lot of talk shows where they all talk, covering similar themes of what's happening in the UK scene. Um, the problem is, isn't necessarily that we need more um, breakfast clubs or things like that. What we need is actually an environment that allows these like artists to be open and to be expressive the problem is is that they're distrusting of distrusting of people so in order to get a sit down with them you have to be verified by someone else you have to be kind of co-signed co yeah um, like just because like they've been done dirty by journalists in the past yeah. like in like in the early days of grime like so many artists got done dirty by journalists um, and yeah, you remember the whole gigs thing in 2016 where where the enemy and um, the yes. dude's landlord, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. That's why they don't trust they don't trust journalists, and rightly mm. so. And that's following like a yeah. ten year stint with the law. Like, yeah, exa exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like so. I, I mean, if I'm a draw artist, I wouldn't like I I can understand why draw. I've interviewed some draw artists, and they don't want to be open on like on record, and I understand that because. Yeah. And I'm not trying to incriminate them either. I, like, there's a so, there's a responsibility and a social responsibility I now have as a journalist when I'm writing about a drill artist. I have to bear in mind I can't write anything that will then be used as evidence. Like, yes. And yeah. we've seen with Skengdo and AM what happens with that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Man, it's um. But I ask those questions in tandem because I think personally, and this mm. is open to everyone to feel free to jump in. I feel that together they are linked. So I feel like it comes back to the overall view of the UK being quite a conservative country. Yeah. And also the fact that we're so close in proximity that we can't have in-depth interviews with people. Mm. For example, like if we ask a, a rapper for their inspiration and they say, um, they talk about this relationship they had with this type of person, by listening to it, because we're all so close to each other, we can be like, oh, but wait, that Stacy, like Stacy mm. lives down the road or it's it's not as far spread out as the US because yeah. they have this whole celebrity culture where they appreciate and not necessarily appreciate but they're more excited for artists mm -hmm. where we show it on a slightly lower key type yeah. thing certain pockets though because there's still pull-ups at NYC still pull-ups in Breakfast Club there's still pull-ups if someone has an interview post that so I get what you mean about the conservatism but there still is that 
tension with certain artists that they invite on and how close to the streets and stuff they are. So it, it really depends on, but I get your point, but there is there is examples where no, that's yeah. happened. No, I get what you mean. And this, this isn't necessarily in relation to gang culture or like anyone being afraid of revealing anything secret. I think it's more to do with the fact that everything is connected because everyone knows each other. Mm. And the reason I don't believe we can have something like the Breakfast Club or something in the UK is because I don't believe that we, um, the hosts, would be able to interact with the guests in exactly the same way. Because I feel like what people really want from these shows from the US is they want someone who's rude and obnoxious like Charlemagne, for example. And that isn't to discredit him. He's really good at making a brand like that. Or just continuously shouts or is quite loud like Joe Biden, who comes with facts as well, to be fair. But in the UK, we're not like that. Like as as on TV shows, on um, online programs, <coughs> we don't listen to people that yell. That's just not the type of audience or the type of TV shows that we like. I think from the kind of like bringing the Breakfast Club or platforms like that, I take it as a being like a writer, being someone that like documents and speaks about, oh bless you, speaking about um, music and stuff like that. I take it from a stance of like, there's just certain editors who have told me don't ask that question. Like, and it's critical just on the music. Like, oh, are you following the trends? Are you, like my my eye of like being just inquisitive onto like, are they in this for the long game or are they in this for the money game? And that those kind of questions. And that's where I take like critique from. Like mm. if, if the Breakfast Club, so Charlemagne would ask that question in the same way as he's like the scandalous and that kind of side. And Joe Budden more so now mm. would ask those kind of critical questions. You know what I mean? And I think like Jesse said, it's about getting to a place where I don't think we need a Breakfast Club in that kind of format, but I think certain writers and certain personalities in the UK bred artists and like will not ask the hard questions about the music, mm. about the projects, about that, because they're like, oh, but this person knows that person, da, 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 I can't ask it, or they'll take it as an attack and da, 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 people in the comments if I have a bad project and all that kind of stuff. And it happens across board as well. Look what happened with Nikki last year. That that was just a critique on the music. But um, with, with the platforms that I see, like I think it's about, like Jesse said, creating a trusting environment. I wouldn't personally want to see the scandal side of it because of what you just said, those kind of factors there. But I think there is an environment to kind of critique artists a little bit and like, you know, just their discography like we want to hear the best of the best or some of us if, want to hear if the so best that's a new best. environment because I've been blocked by a few of these grime artists just for, oh, voicing, so my, just for voicing my opinion so have on I. their work yeah. um, which is an interesting thing because I also have spoken to some of these artists as well mm. and it's weird when or, you're blocked yeah. on Lila Lee um, and it's yeah it's an interesting thing that I was blocked for expressing my views on what I thought about their art at the time, which mm. wasn't great. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, if fair enough, like, you don't have to like that, I don't like it, but you're going to really kind of just dismiss the entire fan because mm. they didn't like this one project of yours. It's more that you yeah. care about that artist. Like, yeah, in most yeah. cases, it's literally yeah. because you care about that, that, that artist. Yeah, and they we have got, we got, we got to a point where no one wants to be honest about a lot of the work that's coming out. And we have to be retrospectively mm. honest because no one wants to be honest in real time. Yeah, mm. or PC, yeah. like, only yeah, to yeah, a certain yeah. extent. And yeah. that's the thing I hate about the, the UK and, like, and it happens in the US as well, so I'm not going to just box yeah. it in here. But what I'm going to say is people are too scared to kind of in that way that's what I take the breakfast from the breakfast club conversation not the the bravado yeah. and all the, the conversations about who you slept with all that kind of stuff it's about 
why can't we be in an environment and critique music? Like I wrote a piece last year about an Afro swing artist and it was like, just because I asked are you in it for like, um, some critics would say, you're in it in the, for this and that. He, like it, it was taken as an offence and I was just kind of like I'm just asking you the questions no, that people that, that's, want to that, know that's a straight up question because like, do you know what I, I mean? mean and that's a valid question in this day and age with mm. the with the absolute frequency and volume of music that we have yeah and how easy it is to sign a single deal off of a song like my yay is different to your yay why can't we ask like what your intentions are because definitely at the end of the day, like if you want us to support you, if you want our money, if you want us to come to your shows, then why why are you doing this? We what, want that authenticity. Yeah. What, what um, is the game here? Is it the money like, game? And be, like, game? like everyone knows that it's a money game. Otherwise, they wouldn't be signing and then getting shortchanged in the process That's because true. they didn't read the contract. And yikes! Like, yeah, it is a money game, and I think if you. Just be honest about it. Like we all know, when it's not about the money, it's, it's about the art. Especially if you just come out of nowhere. Mm. Can I? Yeah. Can I quickly ask a question? Yeah, yeah, feel free. Um, so this is about like topics as well that are like in popular culture mm. right now, and especially because you're a journalist, seasoned journalist. So there was an article. There's seasons. <laughs> seasons. Yeah, I'm just using. Yeah. Pre- no, no, that's cool. But um, <laughs> it's the first time I've been called seasoned. That's why. That's why. It's just... Well, it's definitely valid, and you are yeah. seasoned. So. <laughs> 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 good, good. I'd, rather, I'd, I'd rather be seasoned than unseasoned facts, oh, yeah. facts facts but um yeah so there's a conversation i saw on a youtube video hip-hop madness and okay player as well and it was about um the journalist and what they are today and they used academics as an example and they used adam 22 as an example oh, yeah. that was a really good that, yeah i want to ask you your thoughts on journalism today in comparison to the kind of uh, academics because he was argued to be a PR machine. He, he's, a, he's, a me, he's a media person. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. a journalist. No, 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 no. Yeah, I wouldn't call yeah. him that either. But what, like in terms of that space almost being absorbed by these characters mm. to some eyes, to some eyes, obviously we, st- we still know that journalists exist and people who are interested in music and yeah. culture and what media they know journalists still exist. But what do you think about those type of characters in this space right now the media personalities and the way they document culture what what are your thoughts on that um interesting enough i had a discussion with this about something um around the kind of journalism and the role of journalists in a very vague and broad broader sense with um, a photographer mm. um a guy called Chi Modu, mm. one of the like kind of legendary hip hop producers, no hip hop photographer, sorry. Yeah. Um, and um, one of the interesting things he said was that kind of people nowadays um, want to be the center of whatever they're doing. So journalism, in a sense, like if 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 you're going on a talk show with academics, why is he talking for fifty sixty percent of it? Why, if you're going on a breakfast club, why is it Charlemagne talking for seventy percent of it? Yeah, like I'm not trying to. Like, the problem with media personalities is staying. It's all wrapped up in trying to build your own brand and the clout industrial complex, as a friend of mine calls it. Um, <laughs> is that everyone? Everyone essentially is trying oh, it's to getting hot in here. No, no, it's easy. Like everyone's trying to build their brand off of their journalism or whatever. And and the and the core and one That's of the, the great and one of the things that I loved about one of the things about I love one of the things I loved about the journalism and the hip hop journalism from back in the day is that you knew who these people were but they were never the centre of the story they were never the centre of attention they were somewhat faceless they were faceless they were faceless 
They're yeah. they're absolutely faceless and yeah. Like all the great writers such as Dream Hampton and obviously mm. who obviously just like made the surviving R. Kelly series. Mm -hmm. Um Nelson George, Nelson George yeah. as well. All of these great writers, they weren't the centerpiece of their stories. They were known and respected for their work because because they were true to the craft. And I don't think a lot of these um artists are no not necessarily artists, these personalities are true to the craft. They're doing it for the some are doing it for the clout, some are doing it because they actually respect the tradition, but I think the idea of wanting to be, having to have a brand and um, one, having to kind of have a social media presence and online presence has sometimes been prioritized over the work. The work. The work. Let the work mm. speak for itself. Mm. Like mm. that's why I always say, that's why I don't, I try not to talk too much on anything these days. Just let mm. the work speak for itself. Yeah. Um, even EVA yeah. the other day was kind of saying that um, Twitter, like right now, feels like it's your opinions aren't even safe anymore to kind of say or like. like no, no, not, no opinion is safe. safe. Like it's Twitter safe is, um, and Twitter has really kind of ruined what music journalism is about in a lot of ways um, because everything is so binary. You can't, how dare you say something bad about. Ariana Grande how dare you say something bad about Drake how dare you say something bad about Nicki Minaj some people will like, be run off the internet like, that, yeah like everything yeah. people are saying about Ariana Grande is valid the only difference is is that her stand her stand base is so strong and then everything like Twitter is so entrenched in there's its no different nuance. camps there's no yeah, nuance yeah and there's no nuance and the way that people engage online now is so kind of left versus right, black versus yes. white, um, yeah. left versus right, like black versus white. There's no kind of in between, there's no gray area. Of the data. Um, yeah, it's that essentially. And in a lot of ways, it's how you ha end up having Joe Buddens and academics types, like who are just kind of either on that side or that side. Because there's, there's, there's like playing it safe and being in the, in, in the middle does not win you the audience. It does not get you the clout that you need. On, on in the, in this environment, the cultural in, yeah, in, the, in this cultural currency, cultural currency is key, and the best way to do that is to be polarizing. Yeah, and the only way to be polarizing is to be on either end of the spectrum. Like wow, yeah, there's a lot of words in there, a lot of words, and I was just thinking about like when you said about the opinions thing and you know mm. how is someone still getting death threats off of speaking about Nicki Minaj? Like what what's that? Like what is that in this day and age? That's just a testament mm. to the fact that this this culture is crazy this era is crazy and when we look back on it i think it's a very toxic and i hate that word like it's just so but like just one of those dark times yeah. of and a dark time of the internet really I mean, like yeah, to speak widely takeshi 69 like Ugh, the idea that product of it i mean the way people are talking about him snitching and all of that is bizarre because people never used to talk about snitching in rap like that back in the day yeah we knew people snitched yeah people were snitching all the time but there was a clear code mm. now nowadays the people who are listening to 6ix9ine don't care about that code mm -mm. or the culture or the cu culture they, he they didn't see, care about yeah, the culture he didn't, he he didn't, I mean yeah he didn't see he, did, he didn't care about quiet. himself but like to them it's entertainment and yeah right I mean fair enough it is entertainment but <laughs> sorry but I mean that. But, but the idea of snitching is something that is so kind of strange and so alien to the culture that, yeah, man, it's, it's, the game has changed, as people say. The game has changed. The game has changed. And I don't even think it has definition yeah. at this point. No. 
Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that word, but so, go for it. Slightly shifting gears. Um, Eden and Nick know I'm a champion. Um, I champion R&B a lot yeah. on this yeah, yeah, and yeah, in my yeah. day-to-day life, you know, hashtag support R&B. So, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. My question is, um, why do you think the UK has and continues to have such a fickle relationship with their R&B artists? Because on one hand, we've had major success with like Sade, um, Beverly Knight, Lamar, Craig David, but then our new our new soul scene has largely been the victim of erasure. Like we never really talk about the fact that Omar, in some ways, if not definitively, is the father. Mm-hmm. You know, so we didn't really talk about Legend David Hall. Flowetry is largely over here, not really remembered. They have a big fan base over in the states, but we yeah. really discussed them in the UK. So my question is, um, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so flippy floppy? Industry doesn't know how to market black music here. Full stop. Um, they don't know how to. I mean, we've just seen it with how like industry stumbling over what to call Afro swing, Afro bashment, or whatever it is. Like, let's. I think Afro swing is actually one of the better terms for for black music that I've heard in, in a long time. But mm. a lot of artists back then, it was hard to market them to a British audience because the British audience is very different to the US audience. The US audience are receptive to R&B because of its traditions in the charts, in the, in the industry, like going back to Motown, there's a clear history that people can see and feel. Whereas in the US, UK, so it's not as apparent. It's there, but it's very much so in the underground. Um, and that fickle relationship has come from essentially artists having to exist in the underground and build up their cult core kind of loyal fan bases, which aren't, which are big, but they have to do that through touring. And most of their fans you probably find are from overseas. Um, in terms of like kind of the, from a fan perspective um, I think people have always been interested in R&B it's just that the artists themselves haven't made the best career career decisions based on the resources and the industry at a, at a whole like people like Craig David and um, Floretry had to leave leave the country like Estelle had to leave as well mm because there wasn't a market for what they wanted to do and what they wanted to build. It's like you said, the glass yeah. ceiling. Like you just- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a glass ceiling, um, which is strange because like, as we all know, like Neo Soul actually was a lot more, was was born here. Mm. He was born mm-hmm. here. He wasn't born in the States. He wasn't born with D'Angelo. He was born with people like Omar and Soul to Soul and Misha Paris and all those people. They were the ones that created Neo Soul. It was just that there wasn't a market for it here. Yeah, to um, get the commercial. Yeah, like we represent three percent of the population. So when you think about that buying power at the time, in terms of who's buying Neo Soul, it wasn't that much. It wasn't that many people who were within the black community anyway. Who's going to even agree to try and market it? Yes, it's exactly. A risk. It's, it's a, a big exactly. Risk. It's 3%. a big risk. Like Lyndon Lind- David Hall's albums didn't do well commercially. Yeah. Mm. But but like sonically and culturally and creatively, they're fantastic. Mm. Like, um, for my pain is, yeah, medicine for my pain is one of the best British albums of all time. Um, 100%, 100%. and it's one of the greatest R&B albums of all time as well, of, of the 90s. Um, but yeah, like, you got a bad deal, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's because fans are fickle, I think it's more the industry just 
never knew how to market R and B here. And I so think, so oh, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Say that, but why did so be like you have people like Jamelia Lamar? They mm. had Mystique. They had fairly yeah. big moments. They were R and B pop, um, so it's very easy to make R and B pop if it sounded American, and it's very easy to well, not very easy, but it's easier to sell. Uh, um, R&B pop if he sounded American and he had an American melodies mm. and stuff mm. um, and that problem still to yeah. this day which is why LMA, which is why LMA does did so well with Booed Up Booed Up did so well not because it was a fantastic song it's a fantastic song it's a fantastic pop song but it did well because people could instantly recognise that it had an R&B melody mm-hmm. through the sample from Can We Talk the by lyrics, Terry Campbell. Yeah. So that was, that was something very people... American song. Yeah, yeah, and people could identify with that. In this. And it's the same with Shola Alma back in the day. It's the same with Mark Morrison as well. Mm-hmm. Mark Morrison's one of those artists that kind of... And Return of the Mac is one of the songs that Americans seem to know and love and think that is theirs. Literally, that's a fact. Yeah. Like, that I have to say, fact. Barbados is claiming that, so continue anyway. <laughs> Um, Birmingham, what? We're, we're claiming that. Bir- sorry. Birmingham wants to claim that as well. Actually, <laughs> too um, bad we both didn't. Play. People love crabbing for you know. Yeah. Um, oh god. But it's interesting because that got like Return of the Mac got to like top ten in the US charts. Mm. Um, so it did pretty well at the time. But strong, very well, very well. But it, it sounded American. Mm. Yeah. Um, came along. Omar came along. Lyndon David Hall came along and sounded British. Mm. like if they were making Neo Soul but they sounded British and a lot of people took cues from from what was happening here like Shola Amma was working with Ali Shaheed Mohammed and Angie Stone mm. on their second mm. album um, mm. so there was a lot there was a lot more rela- there, there was a closer relationship with the US than people like to think of course um, like the songwriters involved yeah, yeah. like it's all behind the behind the scenes is very international mm. very mm. Inc- and it's a relationship that's reciprocal it's yeah, not one yeah, way yeah, yeah, it's yeah. both so I have a question do you think the same thing is going to happen with Angel that's happened to LMA no. so do you think he's going to find his massive wrong. success in America no. in, now that he's been signed no um, possibly he could do he possibly could but I think there are some artists that just never have a breakout moment. Yeah. And this isn't his first American deal. Yeah. This is his second. He was on to Motown, right? Yeah. Yeah, Motown. And, and I, think, I just don't think he I think for a moment he was signed to Tia's label. For a moment. Grand Hustle. Yeah, it doesn't really count, so it was Chip. So. No, no, but it's still... And it's still part of a bigger... Because yeah. yeah. it's a subsidiary. You know? So you, what I'm saying is you, people, US tastemakers are aware of who he is. It wasn't like only now yeah. he's taken notice of him. Like he's been... He's been here, yeah. Before. And it's just funny. I just, I just love the talk online. Like people just love to make these big statements, and it's like, will he even get? We need to talk about budgets. We need to talk about radio play. We need to talk about so many things to get there before you even have exactly. that lined up. LMA even booed up. You know this by the interview. It was by chance the DJ played it. That song it, was old. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's mm. when it started to gain traction. If LMA, if that DJ didn't play it, you don't she know would still what be would happen right now. You don't know. So like it's a lot of these hits are circumstantial and that's both American yeah. artists when they get mainstream and that's British going over yeah. and even the reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so that, I mean, so. like, as, we, as I was just saying with Mark Morris, that didn't blow up over in the US like until some months later. Of course. Until after um, it kind of blown up here. Yeah. Um, and that's for, and I think also because technology was different there. So like the music oh. took a lot longer to travel to places. Mm. Um, but Angel... Yeah, he's one of those artists that he's going to have a 
he's had a great career, but he's just never going to... I don't think he'll have that breakout moment. Above that, water. Yeah, which some artists never do because that's just the that's just the game it's, the game. Um, it's mm. just the game is the game and the game sometimes game. some unfortunately mm. some artists are just never set up to have a breakout moment but that does not mean that they're not having successful careers like having a or steady quality having a steady quality. career is much more profitable than having this um breakout moment because mm-hmm. uh, if you have a breakout moment you've got to make sure that everything after that Mm. Yeah, is, is at that level, and we've seen artists like kind of fall off, and Definitely. like so many artists mm. have fallen off in that and sense. A good example of a steady career is Daily. Daily is by no means a massive star. He mm. should have been bigger than he was, but Daily, um, massive star. As he's not. Oh no, he said oh. he should. He it wasn't uh, set up for that. Oh, Daily, not at all. I was about to say. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> no, he Daily's not. But I'm saying he has a steady, consistent mm. career. Like he puts out music. He's always touring in the states. Always touring overseas. He does his oh, one. Man and show a year mm. because he knows mm. better but um, <laughs> he's like you would call people would call him a flop because he's not selling but mm. he's he's working and this is what I'm saying people need to look more beyond what you see on paper and in these mm. publications like sometimes you actually gotta look beyond if you can get in that tour of money you're good you're good for if, life if, like, if, if you're you can playing, get in that yeah. festival circuit you're good if like you're playing a show on once a week you're good. You're, you're nice, eating. You're nice. You're eating. You're good. You're traveling half the year. You're, you're good. Yeah. The yeah. low-key career sometimes is the best, like in terms of lucrative and mm-hmm. like um, just gain, gaining your assets and business assets, all that kind of stuff behind the scenes. And some of these mainstream artists don't even have their business correct. Ooh. So the money's looking quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the money is quiet. Just to go <laughs> the visibility's there. Just anyway, to go off on a tangent, I was just thinking about that, but I didn't, it wasn't really relevant. But now that you said that, I was watching an interview with Kevin McCall. Um, the other day where he was talking about his relationship with um, writing songs for Chris Brown and how mm. he started and stuff like that mm. and a lot of these artists don't understand where their money comes from yeah. or how they make money Yeah, because he was talking about how he had to figure out um, how he gets paid and he only figured out after he lost all of his money like he kept getting oh, it works. he kept getting letters in the mail with checks in it and he didn't know where they were coming from or what they were for um, and this is someone that's writing for arguably one of the biggest R&B artists in a while mm. um, and he didn't know where his money was coming from and that's that's common well even Remy Ma said it on um, State of the Culture a week and a half ago she was talking about how people with royalties and if you don't if you sign away your rights if you sign away your royalties and all that kind of stuff you're, you're screwed that's it and she was talking about how Big Pun always told her the rights of the business and he taught her if, if ever if ever I go if ever you're not signed with me da, 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 this is how you do it you do not sign those away. Mm. And loads of artists don't know that. So they'll cash in mm. on these like, kind of deals. Like the artists of La Face. Hello, Tony Braxton. Hello, TLC. TLC. Uh, that's who I was just thinking of. Mm. The visibility was there. Was the coin? Was the coin? Like, it wasn't there. I was watching Tony Braxton's Behind the Music. So she was like, oh, I've sold 30 million albums, but I've only got $100 in my bank account. I have six Grammys, but I only have $100. It's like... Mm. TLC the same thing. Mm. And even on a wider note, I think this, like with minorities, with particularly like black people as well, I think sometimes financial education isn't even like a thought, a thought like, and even taught to us like, cult- I'm not, I don't, want to, I don't even want to say culture because some households do it, but like across time, I just think it is one of those points where 
we need to just be financially literate and know mm-hmm. what's yes. going on with the yes, business yes, yes. especially if you're going into industries that involve my like most well all industries involve money but if you're in that kind of industry contracts on the go all of that kind of stuff you need to get your legal team in place but i know it's costly Boy. but you need your legal yeah. team in place even the black british creative scene right now like there's this whole thing about legalities and not signing contracts just doing informal deals and stuff like that through talk and through all of this and, and before will. you know it goodwill and before you know it you're roped into something Something that you didn't even know was gonna, mm-hmm. was going to be there, or mm-hmm. you're or you're not getting your footage, or you're da, 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 mm-hmm. because you didn't sign the contract. Mm-hmm. So a lot of conflating points, but main thing is we need financial literacy, we need like um, legal literacy, we need just just being that business savvy person, mm-hmm. have the business as much as the music knowledge in check. And I just want to add, tandem. we need to do that ourselves. We need to. We don't need to look to the label or for someone to come and actually introduce there that are to books. us. If you are earning money or you are signing mm. something, you need to know all the information. You can't mm-hmm. trust yep. someone else yeah. to do it for you. Because they're your contract yourself. I will say this. And have though. a lawyer. Yeah, have a yeah, lawyer. Have yeah. a lawyer. And a lawyer you trust. Yeah. But I will say this. I am seeing more artists actually look into um, financial. Um, un- well financial learning they, they actually want to learn more about where their money's going how where their assets are and stuff like that mm. Nipsey Hussle for example 21 Savage mm. um, there's a rapper that I speak to quite frequently who is well we all speak to quite frequently who's trying to learn more about finance yeah um, it is it is a thing because people are realising that these labels are just going to rip you off yeah and most people are actually trying to become independent now so they need to figure out a way to how to do where that. their money's coming from yeah um, remember, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I think one of the things to bear in mind is that whatever you're getting for the label should just be one of multiple revenue streams and income streams so that shouldn't be your sole mm. source of income um, especially if you don't own own the rights or masters to whatever it is you're creating Ooh, mate, if, mate. You if you ain't got like the majority rights to them then you better make sure that you're eating good for, for however long you've got that deal because your right, your rights are all you have. Your masters are all you have. That's, that's, that's your backbone. Yeah, and that's why the yeah. three sixty deal exists. Like you just mm-hmm. said about all these, they're trying to cash in on that multiple. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so as you try and get that model in, oh, we're gonna take that too. We're gonna take some of that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it is hard. It really is hard now for an artist. Mm-hmm. I, this era is crazy in terms of how you get roped into stuff. There's What's, a there's a lot of information out there though. So there like, is they're able to access mm-hmm. it. Did you two have so Shopee or Nick? Do you have any more questions to ask? Because I think we're running out of time. I have one quick one. Go, go unless for it. Nick has one. Um, I have a last one, but if we get time, but if not, it's fine. Archer Are question. you sure? Yeah, Archer Okay. Um, well, you've interviewed, it's very simple. Yeah. You've interviewed <laughs> loads of several notable acts like, you know, Gold Link, Brent Fires, Wretch. Yeah. And, um, I haven't interviewed Wretch yet. Oh. Whoops. No, that's, 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 that's cool. That's cool. Speaking uh, no, no, it's, speak, no it's, it's easy to make that mistake because I've interviewed a lot of kind of um, artists, UK rap artists yeah. as well. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll yeah it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, no, I, I hope I do plan. I was meant to actually interview him in 2016 um, for a piece, actually. So, hmm. but that never went ahead. So. Like it's been in the works anyway. Yeah. But I was gonna ask really simply, so yeah. who's been your favourite person to interview across your career and why? God. Um there's quite a few people. Daniel Kilio is off obviously probably one of the really power moves. Uh, really a Carlo as well. Um Carlo was a really great conversation. Um 
Saul Williams as well was cool. Um, he was a cool conversation. That was back for SBTV back in the day. Um, who else is there? Um, uh, uh, Flatbush Zombies were cool. Yeah, they were really yeah, cool. I was I was um, happy when I saw that one. Yeah, that was a really cool chat um, that I had with them. And then AJ Tracy, mm. yeah, I spoke to him back in 2016. He was actually a cool conversation. Mm. Um, really what chatty. was it about those particular people that compared to other ones? Why were those your favourites? Because we actually had a conversation <laughs> and it wasn't an interview. Um, it didn't feel like an ones. interview. Um I find that when I'm interviewing a lot of newer artists, they're not giving me much to work with. Like the quotes aren't that exciting. Um, when I ask them about kind of inspirations and what drives what they're doing, it's just very surface level kind of, and there's not much in-depth kind of exploration in, and them interrogating themselves and interrogating why they do something mm. and what their reasons are for doing it. It's um, weird. It's weird. Yeah, and and I know a lot of it's to do with media training and stuff like that. But this this is all important. Whatever you give me in an interview is what I'm gonna then run in a piece. So if you're not if you're only giving me that this much, I'm only gonna give you that much. Hmm. I'm not gonna give you the, that's all I can yeah, give you. That exactly. And if you then have an issue with with how the piece comes out and how you've been portrayed afterwards and it's just like well give more of yourself mm. like yeah don't be so especially if you're willing to do interviews as well if you're willing to sit down in front of a camera if you're willing to make all the music and do all of that and you and this is what you want because you don't actually have to do press yeah no one's forcing you to do press so if you're saying yes to these things then come with your best conversation otherwise what is the point honestly i've literally said this before yeah. like you need like Give if you're agreeing to do this interview, you yeah. are the a stakeholder in this. It's yeah. not just your people organizing this. Come ready if you're not ready, re reschedule. Yeah, like yeah. please, please save yeah. me the time. Like honestly, yeah, man. It's because there's nothing more annoying than wanting to do an interview and then it it being cut at like ten minutes because you just know that it can't go any further because the conversation <laughs> is so awkward. Fam. Facts. Yeah. Anyway, last question. It's related mm -hmm. to what Shopo yeah. said. What is your final end goal for your career? Like, what? Where do you That's see yourself going? Yeah, where do, where do you see yourself going? Where Where do you want to go? We spoke about it yeah. formally and all of that kind of stuff. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, and I was speaking with one of my editors yesterday about that, about where my career, career was going, um, and. There's so many different paths I could go down. Um, research is one of them. Mm. Um, potentially TV if I felt like it. Um, Do you feel like it? Do you feel like this is a... Um, not right now. Okay. Not right now, maybe in the future. Um, cool. Just, I like to be focused on one or two things at what a time. Doing, I don't yeah. like to overload myself and try to be the jack of many trades. Yes. Because yeah, that just sometimes, when you try and have your fingers in too many pies, you're never really kind of giving 100% focus to yeah. any one thing. Um, and some, and a lot of what I do like requires years of work. Like I've been working on this main project I'm working on now since 2016. Amazing. Mm. And that wasn't even when the original conception of the idea began. That was just like when I've decided to start working on it. Mm. But a lot of these ideas have been in the works for the past five or six years. Um, and sometimes it just takes a certain amount of time until I would decide that 
yeah, this is what I want to do. Now I've been um, shooting and and doing photography for the past two years. It's only now that I'm calling myself a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm now in I'm now in a space where that is what I want to. That's another um, revenue stream for myself yeah. now. Um, whereas two years ago that wasn't, and so it's very difficult to say where my career is going to end up because, like, yeah, it depends on kind of what what space I'm in at that time. Like, yeah. um, I do want to eventually DJ, um, and um, I think you, I think you'd make a being a selector, but um, that will um, <laughs> that's something that will come. That's there, there. There's a time. There's a time for that. There's nothing. There's no rush. There, there's no rush. There's no um, rush. Mm. And I'm not trying to get everything done by I'm thirty. By the time I'm thirty, because I mean I'm thirty in October, so I haven't got much time to <laughs> You'd go. Be bored but as well. I yeah, think. and like I'm not now. trying to make these thirty under thirty lists or anything like that. I'm just trying to build a sustainable and long-lasting career mm. okay. um and satisfy yourself yeah and and can, satisfy I just say, yeah. can i just say on the podcast like i've said this informally as well like honestly this guy's a shapeshifter he will be remembered like you don't need to be on 30 or 30 to be remembered like he will be remembered like the work speaks for itself and jesse bernard look him up be on the websites all of that there's there's a legacy there mm. so and i even yeah. know that now that like i work in pr i know that like the name, name has the been name heard in many a circle, you know. The scenes. Yeah, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. and cool. I can't yeah. wait to see. Can't wait to see what you do. The photog. We were speaking even about yeah. the photography and journalism route and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait to see some pieces that you. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I'd like to do more kind of shooting, kind of the artists that I also, also speak to. Um, mm. I'm starting to do a lot more of that. Um, but a lot of those kind of things I can kind of just keep from my own personal archive. They're not necessarily things that I want to, ne- like kind of shoots that I necessarily have to be paid for. But yeah. it's all just, it's all part of documenting kind of Black British music culture or just music culture in general. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that's that's the aim anyway. Jesse, we thank so, you so thank much. You no, no, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you. Honestly, I'm just yeah, we're blessed. We're blessed for this one and this amazing, was amazing, really good discussion. Yeah brilliant good discussion no worries. well thank you. thank you for coming down um just want to remind you guys if you like this episode please subscribe please um like the podcast on soundcloud leave us a review if you can on apple podcasts just let us know if you appreciate these types of episodes so we can improve and make it better and yeah unless anyone else has anything else to add any plugs um have a blessed week guys yeah um jesse bernard on all that was funny sorry <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know yeah just wishing positive vibes in it cool um and yeah. this has been ease mckenzie i am in tyrell shopping showerton and jesse bernard brilliant marvin's corridor marvin's corridor, marvin's yeah. corridor. cool catch you later guys cool, cool. that was a really good episode. thank you <laughs>